Blog Talk Radio.
Myotep, Grand Rising, and Better Love. You are listening to Dr. Robert X. Form by way of Truth to Power, and I am Beverly, and I'm going to bring Dr. Robert X. up here. Uh, where you go? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at, Robert X.? <clears throat> oh, I see you. Oh, hold on. Here you go. Well, how are you doing this evening, Dr. Robert X? Hotel Sister Bear, Hotel family. Uh, I'm doing without Hotel. <laughs> how is the weather over there? Uh, wet. In Chicago land. Yep. Same here. Wet and yeah. icy. That's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, as if it was ordered up. Are they making it up? They yeah, can, they couldn't uh, do the pandemic again to keep us in, and so they messing with the weather. They stirring up the weather. Well, don't don't put them out to rest just yet. <laughs> it's more to come, huh? They subject to drop it on us at uh, at any point. I, I know. Uh, they, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. No, I'm just no, going to say I haven't really looked at no news. The only thing I saw was Dr. King's son had passed away, um, but yeah. I haven't seen anything. Mm-hmm. That was kind of too. I didn't find out about it until yesterday evening, which I thought was kind of interesting because they had just got through celebrating his daddy's birthday. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, uh, what was he, 61, 62, something like that? Yeah, they say he had prostate cancer. Man. So, and that, I just found what, out about it today. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the one that uh, people most associated with Martin King because he looked uh, so much like him. Okay. Yeah, I think that was Dexter. Well. Mhm. So my condolences so, uh, to, to the family. Yeah, my condolences too. Um, and somebody said Trump won New Hampshire. Uh, shouldn't be no surprise there. <laughs> he gonna win everywhere he go, huh? Pretty much. And I thought it was interesting that uh, they ramping up the Michelle Obama thing. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say I don't think she's going to get in the race because I think it's going to be problematic. Very much so. Okay. I saw this I, other guy was, was running. I don't know. I forgot what his name was. <clears throat> it was a guy. A Democrat? Mm-hmm. I think he yeah, was I think a Democrat or yeah, he was a Democrat. Yeah, I think he's from the Midwest. He's another uh, Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. He was so, talking like it. Yeah. But, uh, no, um, everything's falling apart, and everything mm-hmm. is coming together. Mm-hmm. Two extreme things taking place. 
But I think the most extreme thing uh, thing that took place took place at the World Economic Forum last week. Oh, what was uh, that? Uh, what, nobody, what did they do there? Nobody will ever forget that particular session of the World Economic Forum. And let me invite the let me thank the family there for participating in the program tonight uh, that we decided to entitle 2024 uh, Metaphysical Finality of Black Feminine Infinity. 2024, a Metaphysical Finality of Black Feminine Infinity. And every time I say that now, Bear, Mm-hmm. See, Fanny, what I ask in the ass. <laughs> uh, and and I remember back in the old days, uh, my grandma and them used to say, "Set your Fanny down." <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, um, <clears throat> I ain't too sure she's gonna be comfortable enough to sit hers down, but nor, for that matter, uh, Nikki Haley. Mm. Uh, otherwise known as Darling Nikki. Didn't Prince do a song called Darling Nikki? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we got to play that. Yeah, she appears to be playing that role because she got her ass in the air too, although it ain't much to have it. <laughs> right. She got that little, that little bit she got. She got it in the air. And unlike Fanny... She seems to be a little bit nastier. Mm-hmm. She got a bigger ass. Man, bad. At least Fanny got took on cruises before she got uh, took to the floor. Mm-hmm. Nikki is riding around here and having <laughs> sex in cars and trucks and can on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> People, these people are something else. Okay, she didn't have one. Mm. She had, we know of two so far. Mm. Right? But if she bold enough to do it twice, uh, I'm going to go out on this limb again and say, watch don't another one or two come out the woodwork. Island Nikki. Hmm. Might be three or four. No, I said might be three or four come out the woodwork. Exactly. Oh, interesting, Bear. Yeah. When people say these, when we say these things, Bear, I know people, you know, part of man, cut them them some slack, right? No. Mm -mm. Um, these people will put their professional integrity out there in the public on full display. Nobody did any of this to these people. They did it to themselves. The people need to know who it is because they have this air about them of self-righteousness. But people need to be able to who they really are, all right? Uh, the emperor has no clothes. That's really what this is. 
So they're out here under the illusion that they're fully protected, all right? They're they wearing the cloth of God, and it ain't quite working for them today, Bear. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's like whatever they come at Orange Man with, I immediately start looking for what's going to happen next to basically render it obsolete because everything they throw at the dude has been exposed. Now they're coming at the big black guy, the Democrat, who ran the House hearings and was supposed to uh, maintain the files. His name is Benny, Benny something. And we find out, well, they finding out now, we talked about this a couple of months ago, Bear, that the mm-hmm. uh, House January 6th committee destroyed a lot of the evidence, at least so they think they destroyed it. They thought, right. Okay. But it, it's, it's not because they didn't try to cover all this stuff up. Uh they do do things in such a sloppy manner. And it's the same thing with Nikki and and the uh, ass in the ass. Sloppy. You know, so no, I'm not surprised about Trump winning New Hampshire. Who's his opposition? Where's his opposition? He really doesn't have any. Right. So he's going to win them all. But that ain't going to stop them from trying to kill him. And it's surprising, Bear, because they're not hiding that either. Mm-mm. Did you see what Alexander Soros, George Soros' son, did? What did he do? He put out a cryptic message about assassinating Trump. Hmm. This is the son, the heir to George Soros. People are so arrogant. Because they're, one, Jewish, and two, billionaires. They so arrogantly think that they could say or do anything and get away with it. That's what they've been doing. No, they, they they've, had to, mm-hmm. Go ahead. they've had to do things undercover for a long, long time, many, many years. I know because I've been tracking them. Okay. I'm talking about public settings. They're saying and doing things that you never thought you, you'd hear or see, for that matter. I mean, Bill Gates going around giving speeches, talking about controlling the population, removing people with vaccines and all this kind of stuff. 20 years ago, you wouldn't see Bill Gates running around saying or doing those things. That's the level of arrogance that I'm talking about. Well, maybe they think that 
<clears throat> since they have put the uh, the vaccine, the chip in people, that they can control uh, the response of the the people. And so now they can just show their hand. If that was the case, Bev, mm-hmm. they would be in panic mode <clears throat> openly. Okay. Openly in panic mode at the World Economic Forum. Again, I go back <clears throat> to get introduced to Davos through uh, Father Malachi Martin's book. <clears throat> That's where I got introduced to Davos. So I've known about Davos for over 30 years. But I've never seen the stuff that I've seen take place there. But there's a there's another component to this. See, and mm-hmm. this is this, this basically alludes to the title of the forum. You know, I've been saying for quite some time these are metaphysical times that we live in. And at certain points in time, Bear family, <clears throat> for whatever the reason, we seem to be out front in certain things that we talk about here on Truth to Power. And then all of a sudden, here it comes, everybody else. Yeah, I see that. Bear, didn't we say on the last program last week <clears throat> when we uh, were giving the family some information about Trump, mm-hmm. I warned the family of who I said that he really is but that there's some things that he needs to do. And I ain't heard him say or do these things because it's not what they say, it's what they don't say. Right. You see, I know he's going to have a problem with Israel because he ain't said nothing about what's going on with the Palestinians. But last week specifically, I gave the family a a guide post because I thought that it was uh, one of the things that would basically continue to show that the elite still have a stranglehold on the planet. And that one thing that I talked about was the central bank digital currencies. Now, I haven't heard Trump say a word about it. And what happens there the next day? The next day mm-hmm. after we got mm-hmm. off the radio. Mm-hmm. Trump comes out <laughs> statement all by itself and says he will not allow central bank digital currencies mm-hmm. if he's in somebody listening. Bev, it's mind blowing. <laughs> but that that wasn't the only thing. <laughs> That's why this is blowing this blowing me away, Bev. Family. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Bev mentioned that last week as well. We seem to uh, talk about things a little bit in advance of other people. And before you know it, stuff is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the family would probably call when we was talking about Old Testament. And I was pointing out how 
even in certain so-called right-wing organizations, because I see it as an example. I used the Heritage Foundation and showed that they had flipped. Because mm-hmm. the Heritage Foundation, going back to the 70s and 80s, would be uh, considered by anybody a right-wing organization. Okay, and I specifically used them as an example because we were talking about skull and bones and how Old Testament apparently has taken over that. And that the old institutions that used to be considered right-wing are no longer right-wing, and the the institutions that used to be left-wing are no longer left-wing. They're straight communists. Okay. So I use the Heritage Foundation. Go ahead, Beth. Mm -hmm. No, and I heard a guy was talking about the initiation of the skull and bones, and they have to get poked, and they have to lay in that coffin, and they have to get urinated on, and guys got to jack off on on them in in order to be a part of the skull and bones. Yeah, well, again, you know, I've dealt with skull and bones over <laughs> so many times. I, I don't even, you know, I assume everybody know all this stuff by now. Okay. Okay, so I, I mean, I had that, to go through all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but that's why they call the thing that they do it in the tomb. Okay, referencing the dead, but. All that's fine and well, but the important thing is who run it, which which basically mm-hmm. tells you gender is going to be, and that the skull and bones was really the beginning of the CIA. That was the point. Okay, and then we pointed out that, in effect, what we're talking about here is Old Testament taking over the CIA. Skull and bones was. Uh, basically a WASP organization for much of its history. That's why they took all the pictures down of the white boys inside of their little clubhouse. So so here's the deal, Bear. When Mm -hmm. I gave the example of the Heritage Foundation, I had no idea what was going to be happening again. I believe it was the next day, just like when Orange Man came out and he was not going to allow Central Bank digital currency. Mm-hmm. You can't make this up, man. I Look, I tried to make up stuff like this, and I just can't do it. Well, I, 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 know, I know that Orange Man was listening back when he was on the campaign the first time. And you was calling Hillary uh, ugly, nasty. You was calling her nasty. And he yep. came out and started calling her nasty after you had said it. So I knew right then that they was listening. Well, I can't go that far, Bear, but I can say that, you know, the, 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 the information speaks for itself. The facts speak for themselves. So I... I, I I can't say that orange man shooting in the power. I mean, strange things have happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I also know from 
that he's into metaphysics too. Well, you well naturally because you say he's a time traveler. Yes, and he's into quantum physics because he talks yeah. about his brother or his uncle mm-hmm. rather. Yeah. So and remember, quantum physics today is the metaphysics of yesterday. They're trying mm. to do things in quantum physics that people have the capacity to do, and I'm going to say specifically black people, which is the most frustrating thing to me, because what we are talking about right, right now will be considered quantum physics. How is it that we can say certain things, put it into the ether, and before you know it, in 24 hours, uh, something that hasn't been mentioned in 24 years, all of a sudden is in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. See, I can't tell you how many times that's happened because these are metaphysical times. And we've proven the point mathematically that metaphysics and quantum physics are one and the same. One is artificial, the other is spiritual. So what they're attempting to do is to come with the artificial form of metaphysics. You can call it AI because it uses quantum mechanics. Okay? Uh, where the ones and the zeros, et cetera, et cetera, right, end up in the same place at the same time, being the male and the female, uh, now in the same position uh, at the same time. When prior computer systems, ones and zeros stood alone by themselves, now with quantum uh, computers uh, like D-Wave, You've got ones and zeros, which is symbolic of the male and the female, both occupying the same space at the same time. And I think that they refer to that as superposition. And, of course, all that connects to the Baphomet, which is male and female in one body. Okay? Uh, That ties into Old Testament, Kabbalah, Etc. Etc. Things that uh, we will be mentioning, uh, if not today, certainly in coming shows, <clears throat> because there's just so many metaphysical things that are taking place here. Uh, again, and I'd be surprised if if the family, the entire family, has not seen this already. But for our record. We want to make sure that uh, if you didn't see it, uh, this should blow your mind in light of the fact of what we said last week about the Heritage Foundation. Because the president of the Heritage Foundation just happened to go to Davos. Can't make it up, Bear. You can't make And I said last week that they are now pushing an agenda that's totally different from the agenda it pushed 30 years ago. Now, I know people that are 30 years older today that are connected uh, to the Heritage Foundation. There's an, an offshoot of that back in the day during Ronald Reagan called the Committee on Clear and Present Danger. 
Now, some of those guys that were in that are like 30 years older. But they still got that, um, how can I put it, Cold War mentality. Okay? So watch this, Bear family. The president of the Heritage Foundation goes to Davos and does this, and it just absolutely blew up all over the world because this is not supposed to happen. Check this out, family. On the domestic side, you know, if the Trump administration comes in this time, it's to, they've been preparing for it. Now, you've been helping them prepare uh, the Republican Party to prepare for this in a way that it was not prepared uh, in uh, uh, 2017. Um, so could you tell me what kinds of people, and if you've got some names, put them out there, um, do you think might be the kinds of people uh, that a Trump administration, we're using that assumption, would pull in on the big domestic agenda elements from chief of staff, treasury, maybe national security, I know, well, maybe I should do that for Walter, I'm coming to you in a minute on that. But on the domestic side, you know, are there people all lining up? Is there a community out there thinking, right, this is the opportunity, we want to get it right? What kind of people do you think would be stepping forward? Sure, I, I will disappoint you, Robin, and not mention names. It's ultimately up to the president-elect and, and his or her staff, right? So I won't be presumptuous, but I will say the kind of person. The kind of person, and I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object to all of them wholesale. Anyone not prepared to do that and take away this power of the unelected bureaucrats and give it back to the American people is unprepared to be part of the next conservative administration. Okay, that's very clear. And as you said, you did you hear that, Ben? I heard it. Do you understand what this dude just did? What did he just do? Let, let me let me play that let me play that last piece again, Bear. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Listen to what he says carefully. Person. The kind of person, and I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object to all of them wholesale. Do you understand what he just said? Explain it to us. He's sitting in the World Economic Forum, invited there by them, he goes there and says the next conservative administration, if they really want to get a handle on controlling the elite, 
they're going to have to compile a list of things that have been said at the World Economic Forum and reject all of them. He's sitting there at the World Economic Forum telling them that you are the ones that's caused all of this stuff that's going on right now. You are the cause of it. Now, if you believe in coincidences, then you believe it's just a coincidence that we picked the Heritage Foundation to highlight last week. And he is the president of the Heritage Foundation at Davos, the World Economic Forum, saying that Trump's administration is going to have people in it that are going to reject everything that's come out of the World Economic Forum, because that's who's been running your government, as we pointed out, Mm -hmm. uh, along with the United Nations, right? Mm -hmm. That has been totally adopted by the Democratic Party. That's what they're pushing, which in its true self is a eugenics agenda. It's a death agenda. Sustainable development is just another fancy phrase for death. You see? Mm-hmm. Now, we that there are at least four levels that they're going to have to dig deep into to remove. And it's no coincidence that all of a sudden now you got NATO and the Europeans talking about Russia getting ready to attack them because they're all about death. And I have heard there from reliable people that they're going to kick off the war next month in February. Okay. Now, I'm not through. I'm not through playing this. But this is mind blowing. Again, thirty years of watching Davos. The first person I saw do anything like that was Orange Man. When he got up, basically, and walked out, he didn't even stay. He was sitting there with his arms crossed, listening to the nonsense, and he merely told them the same thing he told the United Nations. Uh, I'm about America first, and I hope everybody else can take care of their business in their country. That's why and that's who attacking Orange Man. I said back in 2016 that NATO was running this whole thing, and that's based on the Aten. I'm not going to go back over all that stuff, but I expect people to automatically, when they hear NATO, think of the one God, one world, uh, pushed forth by Moses 
who's supposed to be the father of Judaism, right? I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. That's what they say. Template that we operating on is supposedly the domain of Moses, who's really Akhenaten, of which Obama is the clone, of which the one God was called the Aten. And if you unscramble the word Aten, A-T-O-N, you get N-A-T-O, NATO, who's pushing the exact same agenda for the exact group of people today that they were doing biblically with Obama being a clone, a test to produce reproduction of Akhenaten, and they've even shown pictures of both of them, and they look extremely similar to each other. And if you look at his wife with the two girls, right, mm-hmm. in this, the pictures that you see of Akhenaten with a rays of the sun are coming down on him and his wife and the two girls, it looks suspiciously like Michelle Obama and the two girls. Now, I'm just adding that for flavor so everybody can can understand where I'm coming from when I'm viewing this kind of stuff that's going on. And so now NATO wants to begin World War III purposely because they're about death. And either history is repeating itself or it's rhyming like hell. Rhyme being the operative word, because hip-hop is written in metaphors, which is metaphysical. When you're hiding the true things in words, you're hiding the true meanings or another meaning in words. Well, Scripture is expert at hiding what it means in words just like hip-hop. But as we said 30 years ago, understanding who controls it, hip-hop in the future will become hip-slop. And that's pretty much what it's become. Kanye did Jesus Walk about 20 years ago, right? You with me, Bear? I'm here. I'm listening. In 2024, if Jesus came back, you would probably expect him to take an Uber. He ain't walking no more. That's how the scripture would be written if they were updated. Let me go back to the president of the Heritage Foundation, and I hope the family is not taking this for granted. I want the family to really understand the ramifications of us talking about this dude, and we said at the time, some of you probably ain't heard the Heritage Foundation name in years. If you ain't paying attention, you probably never heard of them at all. But then all of a sudden, magically, He is the president of the Harris Foundation at Davos. Let's finish up with what he has to say. 
anyone not prepared to do that and take away this power of the unelected bureaucrats and give it back to the American people is unprepared to be part of the next conservative administration. Okay, that's very clear. And as you said, you, uh, I think uh, one of your tweets on the lead up to here was also uh, that you're here to usher the devoisie into early retirement. So um, I'm heading that way already, so I'm probably all right on that front. But uh, thank you, and we appreciate your candor and being candid. Otherwise, this panel uh, is not going to make sense. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Similar kind of thing. We might all be ushered on this panel. We might be ushered out. Um, and you said yourself a minute ago, anyone who's kind of not with the program is not going to be in, in an administration. Um, you know, one thing that Davos, you might say, and the people can't really stand up for is liberal democracy. So if the idea that that's going to be swept under the table is part of the idea, hopefully that's not what he means. What do you mean? What do you think he means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally up for it. It's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. I'm sorry for stopping this again, family. But, Bev, did you hear what he said this time? Is that the same guy or is that somebody else? No, it's the same guy, Bev. This is the president of okay. the Heritage Foundation at the World okay. Economic Forum, sitting on a panel with other people basically undressing them and saying they are the problem for the world while these people are there to attempt to put their world government, central bank, digital currency, spy system, fascist foundation in place. That's what they're trying to do right now. You want to know who's behind what's going on at the border? World Economic Forum, same thing. You see? How do you deal with the problem at the border and not deal with World Economic Forum and United Nations? Well, some Republicans in the House introduced a bill to outlaw anything coming from the World Economic Forum. Well, what does that mean? That means that no Negro politician who claims to be a member of the House or the Senate should be able to come to you and not tell you what are the ramifications of this country being taken over by people from the World Economic Forum, which is the eugenics body on the planet. You're talking about disease X? That's Davos in the World Economic Forum. You're talking about COVID? That's Davos in the World Economic Forum. You're talking about lockdowns and all that other stuff? It all came from there, Bear. That's why this is so important, what he said to them, to their faces. Okay? And then Alexander Soros, who takes over for his daddy for the so-called open society. Remember, they had the stuff that they're doing in words. It's really the closed society because there's only one 
in terms of their worldview, one world government. So there's only one society closely controlled and monitored. That's what the central bank digital currency is all about. You'll own nothing and be happy. Those of you who get out of line, you just disappear. You are not allowed to have anything remotely resembling free speech. Do you know where the move to shut down free speech is coming from? They call it misinformation. The World Economic Forum and Davos through the United Nations. Now, I'm going slow here because I want everybody to understand that if a Negro come to you talking about they want to run for office and they're not talking about this, I don't care what party they come under. You should reject them post-haste because, see, then you get uh, dumb politicians coming to black people and telling them that the reason that the border is overrun is because of what the United States did in Latin America. That's the origin of it. No, it's not. It's a multi-centuries-old agenda in terms of one-world government and the uh, covert operations and the overthrow of government wasn't just happening in Latin America, being done by the CIA. It was happening all over the world. Take a look at what they did in Africa. The Africans will tell you themselves. They murdered damn near all their leaders because they were preaching nationalism. Again, I want the family to understand this. So Orange Man gets in office, and he makes no secret that he's a nationalist. That's like sunlight to a vampire. So now you can understand why they have to stop him at all costs. And, of course, they will change the name from nationalism to populism, but it's the same thing. The only difference being when you think populism, generally you think Billy Bob and the white boys who are the so-called populists because that's the image that's been imprinted in our minds uh, in this culture through the media. But when you think of nationalism, you think immediately of the Black Power movement, right? Because that's the formula that they were using all over the globe to free themselves from the very people who claim to love black people today. And I keep saying, if you're not careful, 
They will love you to death, literally. That's the reality. Let's go back to the president of the Heritage Foundation and listen careful, family, because they did. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that's your part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human life during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. Very clear points. And I'll give a chance for everyone to come back, including on the Q&A and uh, any particular issues they want to challenge. The one thing I will challenge, we can come back to it later on, Kevin, is what will be the mandate of the American people 
if A, the mandate tends to be a pop not a plurality of the vote. If, if he wins the election, the mandate's clear. Kevin keeps saying if he wins the election. Can I ask Kevin, is there any conceivable way in which if he win, loses the election, he will accept that he's lost the election, or, would you, or whether you would accept that? What was the last part? Do you accept, would you accept if he loses the election that he's lost the election, or would it be like if, last if time? We're, if we're sure that there's election integrity, but I'm not sure that we can be. But, you know, <laughs> we're not, we're, I think you've answered my question. Then. We're, 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 not, we're not going to get to the end of that one, so park that one for the moment, okay. uh, Mr. Roberts. So day one of the Trump presidency, what does he do? What are the first two or three actions that he does? Thanks for the question. As soon as what I hope is a very brief inaugural address concludes, and brief not because what would be in it, would be unwise, quite the opposite, but because our country's on fire, there needs to be pushing through Schedule F civil service reform so that the president can fire a good number of the unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. The administ That's the four levels that I'm talking about, family, of these minions that they didn't put all over the place who will basically, and this is what you saw during the first Trump administration, you had people in the government that would not even push his paperwork through. So he commands that something uh, to be done, and they refer to it as the administrative state. When you hear that term, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about all these people, four levels deep. That's thousands and thousands of people who are there to make sure that nothing gets done. Orange Man understands that now. We said that back when he got elected in 2016, that that's what he's going to have to do. We said one of the first things he's going to have to do was to go in and dismantle the CIA. Period. But, but see, like he said, he didn't, he didn't know where he didn't know back then. Now that he's been there, he said it. He know where everybody is at. He know where them levels is at and who is who. Exactly. That's why Kevin Roberts from the Heritage Foundation, that's why he's saying what he's saying. Because they've been hiding under civil service protection. But mm -hmm. it was me. But there's legislation now that will allow for him to go in and remove them. Their response is what we talked about last week, Bev, family. The response of the deep state slash administrative state is to use Georgetown University academics to take over the Pentagon. I told you what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to use the illegals when Owens man tries to send them back along with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, to disrupt society. Okay, you'll probably see them running around talking about fascism this, fascism that, when they're the fascists. Okay? And that when Orange Man tries to call out the military to put down the uproar, the administrative state, wants to be able to prevent that from happening by controlling the Pentagon. And if you remember, Bear, I said the president's title is the commander-in-chief. He runs the military. That is the Pentagon. But what they're telling you is they want to take control of that 
which is really a coup. And the little black girl last week was saying, oh, well, it's, it's got to be okay if the if the uh, academics from Georgetown, the CIA University, is monitoring what nobody's saying they don't have the right to monitor what's going on with government. All of us should do that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about putting part of the administrative state in place to prevent and manipulate Trump's government. And if you don't think they'll lie to push their agenda, you really ain't been paying no attention because at the forefront of everything they do is all lies and deception. A man is a woman. A woman is a man. A man can have babies. How much more deception do you need? You see? So this is what Kevin Roberts is responding to, and as you can see from the other panel members who are asking him questions now, there's no way in hell they anticipated what he was going to ask, so they salty. Let's go back and see how he answers. Administrative states the greatest threat to democracy in the United States, and we need to end it. The second thing is, he needs to really schedule F civil service. Check this out, family. Listen to what he said. Reform so that the president can fire a good number of the unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. The administrative state's the greatest threat to democracy in the United States, and we need to end it. The second thing is, he needs to really confront all of the policies surrounding so-called climate change. We've had a great discussion here by Walter and Allison, who are excellent on that point, about focusing on fiscal policies that have nothing to do with wrongheaded and really harmful subsidies of wind and solar. We love wind and solar energy at Heritage. We just want them to stand on their own in the free market. And because that affects human prosperity, more than a billion people in the world have been lifted out of poverty in the last 35 years because of fossil fuels. The president is going to take that on. And the third thing that he's going to do I think, and, and this would be a bit of a departure from his last administration when he spent too much money, is really be focused on fiscal restraint because we simply can't afford it. It's something that transcends the political left and the political right. And I can certainly tell you from the standpoint of heritage and all of us at Project 2025 will be zealously supportive of all three of those actions. Thank you. Right. Sorry to lose here, folks. I'm over time. I'm going to get killed. Yeah, they really want us to stop, but you've got to do it. Biggest change about America by 2028? Revitalize self-governance for Americans and the rest of the world. Revitalize self-governance. They call that sovereignty. Yeah. You see? Not just for America, but for the rest of the world, too. Mm-hmm. He dropped a bomb. But Deb, in a real sense, he may have went there and dropped the bomb, but we're the ones that lit the fuse, brought the gunpowder, right? Mm-hmm. And to hear power and uh, the necessary people that knew how to put it together. That's why we mentioned metaphysically the Heritage Foundation. There's no way in hell you can make that up. 
we talk about it, and then it happens. Just like there's no way in hell the next day, Trump mentions that he's not going to allow central bank digital currencies. Right after we say that that's one of the things that he's definitely got to do because once that gets put in place, the rest of it is academic. It's a done deal. And just to add a little bit more, I know the family ain't going to believe this, but that's all right. In these times, things manifest. That will, that's what we're talking about now. You would not believe I have seen infinity symbols. It would just blow you away. I'm not looking for them. They're looking for me. You see, I ain't looking for the Heritage Foundation. I just pulled that foundation out of thin air, right, just to be able to give you an example of what I'm talking about. And, Go ahead, Bill. And, what, and, and I got a letter last week from the Heritage Foundation. Stop it. I, I'm just. I didn't even open it. It's sitting right on with my rest of the mail over there. I looked on there and saw the Heritage Foundation. I didn't even open it. It's just sitting there. Wow. You see? That's what we mean about being able to access things that are in the etheric realm and why black people need to become much more spiritually inclined as opposed to being so ego-oriented, okay? Because that's the very pathway to low vibrational thinking. That's the pathway, ego-orientation. Your ego dictate everything that you think you are. Every word that come out your mouth is driven by ego. Me, 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 I, I, I. And that is the predominant mindset or way of thinking for many of the people today. And if you look at that me, 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 I, I, I mentality, uh, let's take sports as an example. It's collapsing. NFL, NBA, and all the rest of them. They are collapsing. Because that low vibration has caused people to look at things that they wouldn't look at otherwise. And what they see is officials, I don't care what sport you go get, if it's been legitimized by the system, uh, the officiating is being shown to be the fraud that it is. Okay. Example, football. Detroit Lions get cheated out of a game, admitted by the NFL, again, by the Dallas Cowboys, and the NFL doesn't change it because it's about money for them. 
and he is another one. And that's why you see coaches all over the NBA now raising hell, getting kicked out of games more than the players because of the fake officiating that's going on. Absolutely, totally fake. Uh, LeBron James, example. And the Lakers get to shoot 20-some free throws in the fourth quarter when they get their ass handed to them. In L.A., of course, they go on the road, they lose by 50. Same with Golden State. These are old-ass teams that don't have the talent. Okay? So the Lakers get 20-some free throws in, say, the last half of the fourth quarter. And the other team that they're just absolutely kicking they kicking the other team's ass. I'm talking about beating them physically. They get two free throws. Every game, I don't care if you got a 30-point lead, 90% of the game, the one team has a 20-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, and you can you can bank on it. If you look at the uh um, the composites in some of the YouTube videos of the game, you'll see fourth quarter, one team is, is leading by 20 points. They ain't going to show you the whole game. They're only showing you highlights. And then you can see consistently over and over and over and over. In 99% of the cases, the home team who's down by 20 in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden now, these are the highlights, which means you can see it even better. All of a sudden, that team is stuck, the team that's up by 20, is stuck on the same number while the home team is just making basket after basket after basket. And then it comes down to the last two minutes of the game where the game is decided. It's the height of fake phony. But they need the men distracted by paying attention to the fake. And as we said for years, that's the Objective of pro sports today, it is a political animal, nothing more, nothing less. Totally fake. But you dare not say nothing because they shoot three-pointers. Oh. Look at that long shot. Luca, Luca, Luca. Three pointers. All over the place. You got a basketball player that's about 7'1, seven, 7'2, seven, and weigh about 300 and some pounds that plays for the Philadelphia 76ers, who just scored 70 points yesterday and never left, his feet never left the ground. Seventy, I said seven zero. And had absolutely nobody guarding him the whole game. Mind blowing. 
absolutely mind-blowing. But the people accept it. If they like it, doesn't matter if it's all crooked. Don't matter. Okay? Don't matter at all. As long as the people eat it. Because what we need to do is to create as many distractions as possible. You've seen it throughout the political arena. Whenever they get ready to, to vamp on uh, Tyrone Biggums, a.k.a. Hunter Biden, automatically they come with some more Trump stuff, misdirection. In the metaphysical slash spiritual world, when they come with the misdirection, the spiritual world automatically makes the correction spiritually. Which is why every time they come out with something on Orange Man, for instance, Fanny and Nikki, right? Two uh, bastions of virtue, all of a sudden we find out their asses in the ass. Just out of nowhere. No. It ain't out of nowhere. All right? The higher the vibration, the greater the possibility of divinity. That's right. I said it. The higher the vibration, the greater the prospects of divinity. I hope the family understands, and I specifically hope, since, Bev, you say that Trump may be listening to the program, I hope some of these black lesbians and some of these uh, 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 black sissies are listening. Because you can think that you're going to stay in that low vibratory mode and it's going to benefit you. But I beg to differ with you. The times ain't ain't on that page, not at all. And that's why you saw what you saw from Kevin Roberts, the president of the Heritage Foundation. And it's even more shocking to me, Sister Bear, because unlike most people, that's what I do. I track many of these organizations, so I know what they're about. And to see and hear what you just heard, uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos, that does not happen. Okay? Now, no good turn goes unpunished, right? At the end of that session, uh, you heard Kevin Roberts mention uh, the new president 
of um uh, I think Argentina. Malay. Now again, yes, Malay just got elected and we pointed out that he went and paid homage to Rabbi Menachem Smearson in New York and say he's converting to Old Testament. Right? Well, guess where he was last week, Bear? He was at the World oh. Economic Forum in Davos. Mm. Okay? Just like Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris. Uh, just like Kevin Roberts. And guess what, man? He sound like he's muscle. Huh? You sound muscle. Am I, is that better now? Um, well, let me, let me put that, my phone over here. How does that sound? Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. better. Okay, good. I, I, I don't have... I, I, that's a good position that it's in because it's away from me. But I thought that, okay. you know, you could hear me. But here's the important thing. They mentioned Malay before the video ended because Malay had basically said the exact same thing. At Davos. Okay. Mm. So this is two people. One just got elected and is talking about converting to uh, uh, orthodoxy, right? Orthodox Judaism. And he goes to New York to pay homage to Menachem Smearson, who they claim, I'm talking about these Orthodox, is the Messiah. They're just waiting for him to rise up out the ground. And the interesting part of the whole thing is that's directly connected to the tunnel system where the children came up missing. Well, children actually didn't come up missing, but people are saying that that, that tunnel system was used to do ritual child abuse. Okay? Now, all of that, family, is within the context of why smart black women should never align themselves with this thing to the point that they got their ass hanging out. Because they're the ones that's going to be sacrificed, as we keep saying. And you see it happening already. We ain't out of January yet. Absolutely mind-blowing. Okay? Here's Malay and what he said. Now, I may have to uh, interpret because he's speaking uh, in his native tongue. So I may have to interpret it. It's not going to be that long. Check this out. He's at the World Economic Forum. Introduced by Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab got so angry, he walked out while Malay was speaking.
Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others, and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentine, to testify to these two points. When we adopted the model of freedom back in 1860, in 35 years we became a leading world power. And when we embraced collectivism over the course of the last 100 years, we saw how our citizens started to become systematically impoverished, and we dropped to spot number 140 globally. But before having the discussion, it would first be important for us to take a look at the data that demonstrates why free enterprise capitalism is not just the only possible system to end world poverty, but also that it's the only morally desirable system to achieve this. If we look at the history of economic progress, we can see how between the year zero and the year 1800 approximately, World per capita GDP practically remained constant throughout the whole reference period. If you look at a graph of the evolution of economic growth throughout the history of humanity, you would see a hockey stick graph, an exponential function that remained constant for 90% of the time and which was exponentially triggered starting in the 19th century. The only exception to this history of stagnation was in the late 15th century with the discovery of the American continent. But for this exception, throughout the whole period between the year zero and the year 1800, global per capita GDP stagnated. Now, it's not just that capitalism brought about an explosion in wealth from the moment it was adopted as an economic system. But also, if you look at the data, what you will see is that growth continues to accelerate throughout the whole period. And throughout the whole period between the year zero and the year 1800, the per capita GDP growth rate remains stable at around 0.02% annually, so almost no growth. Starting in the 19th century, with the Industrial Revolution, the compound annual growth rate was 0.66%. Uh, and um, at that rate, in order to double per capita GDP, you would need some 107 years. Now, if you look at the period between the year 1900 and the year 1950, the growth rate accelerated to 1.66% a year. So you no longer need 107 years to double per capita GDP, but 66. And if you take the period between 1950 and the year 2000, 
you will see that the growth rate was 2.1%, again the CAGR, which would mean that in only 33 years we could double the world's per capita GDP. This trend, far from stopping, remains well alive today. If we take the period between the year 2000 and 2023, the growth rate again accelerated to 3% a year, which means that we could double uh, world per capita GDP in just 23 years. That said, when you look at per capita GDP since the year 1800 and until today, what you will see is that after the Industrial Revolution, global per capita GDP multiplied by over 15 times, which meant uh, a boom in growth that lifted 90% of the global population out of poverty. We should remember that by the year 1800, about 95% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty, and that figure dropped to 5% by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. The conclusion is obvious. Far from being the cause of our problems, Free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty, and extreme poverty across our planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is uh, superior in productive terms, the left-wing doxa has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality saying, uh, that's what the detractors claim, that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. But this concept, which in the developed world became fashionable in recent times, in my country has been a constant in political discourse for over 80 years. The problem is that social justice is not just and it doesn't contribute either to the general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it's an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through tax, and taxes are collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that they voluntarily pay taxes, which means that the state is financed through coercion, and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion, and the lower the freedom. Those who promote social justice, the advocates, start with the idea that the uh, whole economy is a pie that can be shared differently. But that pie is not a given. It's wealth that is generated in what Israel Kisner, for instance, calls a market discovery process. If the goods or services offered by a business are not wanted, the uh, business will fail unless it adapts to what the market is demanding. If they make a good quality product at an attractive price, they will do well and produce more. So the market is a discovery process in which the uh, capitalists will find the right path as they uh, move forward. But if the state punishes capitalists when they're successful and gets in the way of the discovery process, they will destroy their incentives. And the consequence is that they will produce less, the pie will be smaller, and this will harm society as a whole. Collectivism, by inhibiting these discovery processes and hindering the appropriation of discoveries, ends up binding the hands of entrepreneurs and prevents them from uh, offering better goods and services at a better price. So Let me stop it right there. I'm, I'm stopping it there because I want the family to vibe with me here in understanding that there's a major court challenge right now 
whereby, and we talked about this in microcosm uh, late last year, what's been going on with the system of capitalism is, uh, what term can we use to describe this fake capitalism? You can call it the mafia, but that's not a very descriptive term. It's um, some people refer to it as crony capitalism. That's where the market are tilted in the direction of, say, people who are members of the World Economic Forum who will get incentives, okay, bank loans at cheaper rates because they support this system uh, from the World Economic Forum of diversity, equity, and inclusion, okay? But those who don't are penalized and attempted to be run out of business simply because they have a different political philosophy. Capitalism is accommodating to all political philosophies if it's practiced in a pure capitalist way. The problem is when the gangsters get a hold of the levers of capitalism, now you got a crooked field and only the crooks benefit. Okay? There is a, uh, a case in the Supreme Court now I think they ruled on part of it before. But anyway, what the gangsters of capitalism in this country and other countries have done, again, using the metrics of the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, is to create fake institutions. For instance, uh, uh, Oh, what's one I can use? Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA. We've all heard of it. Well, what the EPA has been doing is illegally writing what they uh, view as laws, okay, but are not because the Congress is the sole body that writes the laws. Okay, that's the legislative body. The executive can either veto it or sign the bill. Either party, the executive or the legislative, has a problem with, uh, with what's in the bill, whether it's constitutional. It then goes to the judicial. That's the Supreme Court. That's the three levels of government. What these gangsters have been doing is legislating through fake organizations like the EPA that has no authority to write any laws, period. And they write these things up and then gangster you to follow the dictates of the EPA that has no authority to write up anything. 
But once people like the World Economic Forum in Davos or George Soros in the Open Society get control of your government, they put uh, attorneys in place. You can call them attorney generals. You see it going on now in all over government where the government chooses who gets prosecuted and who doesn't. It doesn't matter if the law is constitutional or not. They just don't follow laws that they feel inhibit their agenda. You see, Biden wants to close the border. That's what they say because of the politics of the situation. But in reality, he goes to the Supreme Court to prevent the border from being closed. You see? He's going to bail out all the student loans. The Supreme Court says, no, you have no authority. You don't write no laws, Mr. President. You don't. The Supreme Court overturns and says it's unconstitutional. They tried to do the same thing under so-called COVID with excusing people for paying their rent to the detriment of the landlord. The Supreme Court said you have no authority to do that. I'm going to give you another example under so-called COVID. The executive branches at the state level, I'm talking about many of these state governors who are World Economic Forum ass kissers, they decide that they're going to change the election laws on their own in spite of the fact that the state laws that governs the behavior of the electoral apparatus already has laws on the books dictating how elections are supposed to be run, they come with the fake virus, and then they just throw the law in the garbage and decide that we're going to have mail-in ballots for every damn body. And many of the states already have laws on the books that say only the legislature can change the, uh, the, the electoral laws in that particular state. You see? Well, there's no difference in, than that. EPA deciding that they're going to push state climate change uh, uh, policies that have not gone through the process in terms of the legislative body to write the laws. The EPA writes the laws. That's unconstitutional. Okay? So I hope you understand that, family. And this is how the so-called deep state, the secret government, the administrative state, has been able to push these fake laws because who's going to challenge them when you control all of one political body and three-fourths of the other political body and the media? So they all run around out here screaming climate change when they have, in fact, no evidence at all that could possibly stand up to anybody's scrutiny. But that's the whole point. 
when you got a gangster government, nobody's going to challenge the gangster because you'll come up disappear. Or the entire body politic, three-quarters Republicans, and all of the Democratic Party will jump on you. They will prevent you from getting legal representation in the courts because the justice system is now so corrupt that only people who get prosecuted for exactly the same crimes are the opposition to your policy. This is what Malay is talking about when he's talking about social justice. What the hell is social justice? I'll tell you what it is. It's justice for those who practice socialism and injustice for those who don't. So when you see these young black people running around out here calling themselves social justice warriors because they've been propagandized to the max by the so-called educational system that, too, is as corrupt as it gets. Well, why do you say that? Because you see Old Testament pulling millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars out of the university system because the same social justice people advocating for the Palestinians and they ain't have it, having it. So Old Testament rears its gangsterous head and basically tells them, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I want the names and the addresses of everybody that's participating in the so-called protest with the Palestinians. And we're going to make sure that they never get a decent job, not that they're going to be the jobs out there anyway, okay? Because many of these young people have been propagandized. And if you read the fine print, in the educational system, they will tell you that 90-plus percent of all of the curriculum that the students are going to school for today, that includes many of the so-called uh, uh, highly professional uh, areas like law and medicine, those are going to become obsolete. You ain't going to be seeing no physical doctor. So what they got you doing? They got you uh, sitting on the phone talking to your doctor, and they call it telemedicine. Telemedicine. You don't see no doctor. You talk to one over the phone. Okay? Don't, don't come into the doctor unless you're near death. and we can help you finalize that pursuit if you come in here in the future. They're already doing it in Canada. If you go to the Canada, Canadian medical system and tell them you're unhappy with your life, the doctors are pretty much mandated to try to help you end it. That's right. Doctor-assisted 
suicide. All for you. You see how they love you to death? We're dealing with a cabal of very evil, satanic, and you can put in parentheses, low-frequency vibrations. People who, because they hate anything having to do with religion and or spirituality, I'm not here to advocate for it one way or the other. My point is that everybody should be able to practice what the hell they want to practice and believe what they want to believe. And if what you believe is stronger uh, and more advantageous uh, for people, then they have this process called evangelizing. Then you should go and evangelize for your point of view. But you don't have a right to hold a pistol to my head, which is the system that these Democrats are trying to put in place now. And tell me we're making you an offer you can't refuse. Do it or else. And we see these examples of these things all over the place. Not my opinion. Okay? So let's go back to a little bit more of Malay, and then I'm going to show you how uh, the open society and this little homosexual, man, how do these people have so many homosexual children? I'm talking about Alexander Soros, who's as dumb as they come. He was just born into money. This dude is dumber than Zuckerberg. It don't take nobody. A six-year-old child can sit and listen to Mark Zuckerberg and in five minutes get bored out of their skull. The fact that these people got billions has nothing to do with their intelligence level. Nothing. Okay? Now, that's why Elon Musk has a problem with them, family. Because that dude really is smart. Okay? He really is. He's a very smart guy. It's not about whether I like him or not. Well, I've said things unfavorable about him. It's all been true. Okay? Bev, just like your friend, Bev, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay, but it don't take away from his mental acumen. The dude is smart. Well, somebody put up Obama's speech and put his speech and put it right together. It's the same speech. Yeah, I know. And that's why I said what we said about him early on. You see? This is my opinion based on my spiritual designation. I'm waiting for my spirit to uh, influence me, mm-hmm. okay? This guy is real. 
Now, this is just how I deal with it, okay? And when my spirit tell me, don't let your guard down for one moment, I've learned to listen to it telling me these things. Because as young people, we tend not to listen until we make a fatal mistake. And then we say, oh, man, I knew I should have did this as opposed to doing that. Well, when you get older and you get more spiritually inclined, you lessen the number of errors that you make. Okay? Because now you begin to rely, and I'm not saying, I know there's some of the biggest damn fools on this planet is old people. We're talking about a lot of them right now. I said older people who are spiritually inclined. All right? Um. Who's this dude that just died a couple of weeks ago, Bev, that was like the, they called him the father of of the transition of television from the 1960s up to today, uh, Norman Lear. Oh, yeah. Well, the dude just died. He was 101 years old. But he mm-hmm. stole from black people than any, most of us could possibly imagine. Yeah. Many of them TV shows during the 60s was invented by black people. And he come, yeah, and he wasn't a part, he come in and swindle them. And one of the dudes that he really did a job on was Eric Monty. Eric Monty. Some of you may have heard of the story of Eric Monty, uh, who's the uh, creator of Good Times and a a number of other TV shows back then. It's a black dude, young young black dude. See? They swindled that dude out of, man, all kind of money. He should be a multi, multi, multi-billionaire today, Eric Monty. And it was Norman Lear, Old Testament, who basically was given the, the directive to go and change the culture using uh, comedic television programs. Okay? We got to get the white people to view black people more more favorably. So they give you Sanford and Son, all this other junk. Okay? That's my mama and, and uh, oh, y'all know all them shows. But that was the the prelude to moving down to the LGBT because you can literally go back and you can trace when they began to do the Hispanic. When they began to change the, the writing on many of the products that we buy in the stores in the middle 70s, they began to put Spanish, late 60s, middle early 70s. They began to put Spanish on all the products you buy at the store. It didn't matter if you couldn't speak English. I mean, if you didn't, couldn't speak Spanish, that wasn't the point. They were preparing for the influx of Hispanics that they were going to bring into the country that you see going on now. Then they moved from that to then tell you, and people should have been outraged, but they weren't because they couldn't see beyond their own self called selfish. They moved beyond that by telling you, by the 90s, 
you need to be bilingual in order to get this job, that job, that job, and that job. Y'all following me here? Well, you can't teach in the schools unless you, you need to be bilingual. You need to take some Spanish classes. I ain't Spanish. Okay? Now, watch this, family. Now they're telling you that you need to be on board with diversity, equity, and inclusion, which will allow them to hire mentally ill black people and other so-called people of color, right? Because we want to diversify. You see, that's the progression. And when you step back away from it and you chart it, you can see it. Chico and the man was the introduction of the acceptance of Hispanics in large numbers in this country. Tony Orlando and Don, black and brown, black and brown. Who's the little guy that they said was so handsome from Mexico? Uh, Julio Iglesias. Black and brown, black and brown. Right? Y'all can literally think of the actresses. Of course, that they actresses, probably most of them going to be hoes. Who's the one from New York, Sister Bev, that uh, was hanging out with Puff Daddy? She <clears throat> did four, four or five movies, and then she disappeared. Mm-hmm. 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 No, who that was? What's her name? Was she from New York? Got a big mouth. Okay. Who need to go with it? Maybe. You know, of course. Got to have that. Oh, I can't think. But the, the point uh, that I'm Maybe making, somebody in the chat room will tell us. Yeah, the point is there are several of them, but it was all mm-hmm. part of this push to get the people to accept something, okay, that they otherwise would probably look greater at. All right? Who can forget, Bev, that by the 90s, uh, when they were, uh, I mean, 100, matter of fact, it, did, it was the uh, middle 80s, to when they began to really advocate for illegals. Right? Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan basically gives them a pathway to citizenship. Okay? And then, of course, he said that he regretted ever doing it after he did it because he was pushing the policies that were given to him, and that was one of them. Right? Thank you, my brother. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, okay. 
Thank you, Brother Mike. Jennifer Lopez. All right. Very little talent, okay, but she fit the bill. She fit the bill. And there were others. They began to interfuse them in many of the black shows. Right? Uh, that's how the little white boy on Sanford, I mean the little Hispanic on Sanford and Son who had the goat that lived next door, right? Of course, who else they going to put next door to a black person but a Hispanic man with a goat that he keeps in his in his front yard? Everybody else got trucks and that kind of thing uh, in their front yard. And, and this cat, I think his name was Julio, what else? Uh, he got a goat. The point is, all this was part of a progression started by Norman Lear with all in the family, okay? Because they wanted you to focus on Billy Bob. Billy Bob is just another name for Archie Bunker. And they wanted to show you Billy Bob in all his ignorance because they had to shame the white people for being associated with Billy Bob. But Billy Bob wasn't the problem. Norman Lear was the problem. You see? So here we are today, and people are seeing it, no matter what your color people are seeing that all this stuff is fake and phony. And people are acting accordingly. So their response when the people begin to wake up is death. I don't care if you go back and look at 9-11, Oklahoma City bombing, uh, uh, the uh, fake war in Afghanistan, ISIS, and their response when people get close to knowing what they're doing is death. So that's why you hear them talking about Germany and Poland. And Can you imagine Germany running around talking about going to war? Germany? In Russia? Wait a minute. I thought Germany was disarmed. No. They just put their weapon in storage. Storage in this context is NATO. Okay, family? Mm -hmm. So... Well, yeah. Lucky, if you're paying attention, you see people like Malay and Roberts from the, the president of the Harris, uh, the, uh, the foundation, you see them going to the house of the beast and busting them out. 
Okay. As Brother West would say, it's a it's a beautiful mm-hmm. time to be alive, family. But it's not without its responses. They say these people, I heard this from uh, several people that was at Davos. They say the one thing that's got these people in panic mode, the one thing is Owens Man. That was the center of discussion. Everything was revolving around Owens Man and what happens if he gets back in the White House. So, Alexander Soros does his thing, you know, as a chip off the old block. He does his thing, and he puts out a cryptic message, family. This is mind-blowing, because if you know it, this was you or me, man, we'd have been swatted. All right, I have I have FBI outside of my door right now shooting in, and then asking, "Is anybody home?" Okay, he comes out and put out a cryptic message using forty-seven dollars in currency. Picture. And right next to the $47 is a window with a bullet hole in it. Now, let me ask you, Bear. Mm-hmm. What do you think the $47 represented? Oh. Do you have any idea? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. It represented Trump being the 47th president. Mm. Headline. Trump fans accused Alex Soros of cryptic assassination threat. Trump fans accused Alex Soros of cryptic assassination threat. This is from the Daily Dot dot com. Here's what they say. George Soros's son posted about crime and inflation. Trump fans saw a specific assassination threat. Crime and inflation using $47, and he's a multi-billionaire. Because I'm sure uh, some in the family know, Soros probably won't make it out of this year. So, all right. So he's already put his being uh, in Alex's his son's control. And keep in mind, he's a fruit loop. So he ain't liking nothing that don't come from that LGBT stuff. They're going to say in the Supporters of Donald Trump are accusing Soros 
billionaire philanthropist Soros of making a cryptic assassination threat against the former president. The accusation came on Sunday after Soros shared an article from The Atlantic to his account on X titled The Great Normalization. The article details crime and inflation statistics over the past year. Quote, last year the crime and inflation crisis largely evaporated, Soros said. All this is in quotes. So did the leading theories about what had caused them, unquote. Now, can you believe this dude? He's saying inflation and crime are going down. Well, then, why did we have the video last week of the state's attorney, a black woman, and the mayor of Oakland, an Asian woman, being recalled because they don't have a handle on crime? if crime is going down. All right? Let's keep going. They say, yet the image used for the article, an illustration that combines stock photos of a bullet hole in glass and a hand holding a wad of cash, was immediately deemed as suspicious by Trump's fans. Specifically, Trump supporters noted that the money in the photo came out to $47 in total. And given their belief that Trump will win in 2024 uh, and become the 47th commander-in-chief, conspiracy theories about the illustration exploded. Quote, is it just me or does the bullet hole and the use of $47 come across as a threat towards Trump, Trump's life from Soros Jr., unquote, one user wrote. Prominent conspiracy theorist Laura Luma, a vocal supporter of the former president, also accused Soros of inciting violence against Trump. Quote, a bullet hole through broken car glass and $47 in cash, unquote. Luma wrote, Soros is inciting violence against President Trump. Many supporters feverishly tagged the accounts belonging to ex-owner Elon Musk, the FBI, and the CIA in an effort to report the post. Now, keep in mind, family, that they just sent a dude to jail for telling people that they could go online and support Hillary Clinton using a meme, a joke, online. He's doing six months in jail now for a joke online, a meme. And we told you last week or a week before that in several European countries, even the use of memes will get you at least six months to two years in jail. Just jokes. 
okay? Because they're pulling out all the stops to end free speech. Alexander Soros thinks that it's ungodly, uh, although he has no God personification. He does not believe in anything for getting juked in his tail. These people have no spiritual foundation. Forget religion. That's totally out of the question. Unless you consider LGBT or Satanism uh, an acceptable religion. You do, that's on you. I'm happy for you because you're going to need all the happiness you can get. Okay? Uh, by the way, Sister Bear family, mm-hmm. there was a shooting here in Chicago by a young boy who went into two separate homes uh, not far from where I used to live a few years ago. Went in two different homes, young black guy, and killed eight, well, seven people, and then he was killed, bringing the total to eight. 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 Infinity. Eight. They're going here to say, some, including promotion or promoters of QAnon conspiracy theory, even call for Soros to be thrown in jail. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I ain't heard that word, QAnon, and I don't know when. So this author must be connected to QAnon, right, this invisible group, person, or persons, that to this day don't know about, don't nobody know, but apparently people swear by it. Uh, why is beyond me. But they went and dug up QAnon that let you know that Alexander Soros did what he did because he knew he'd get away with it. Quote, why isn't this clown in jail? This is a direct threat against a Secret Service protected person and a former president of the U.S. and the current GOP frontrunner, unquote. A a username capital jester wrote, quote, those aren't three reasons uh, valid enough for the elites to be jailed, unquote. Okay? They go on to say, but as previously mentioned, Soros was not responsible for creating the image and had merely shared an article. The Daily Dot reached out to Soros to ask about the backlash to his post, but did not receive a reply by press time. The image, according to its caption in the article, was put together by the Atlantic. There. Mm-hmm. Tell the you going yeah. in and out. We can't. You you going in and out. Okay. Can you hear me now? 
Yes. Okay, well, I'm not touching the phone, so I don't know why it's doing that. Okay, but... we, we can hear you now. Okay. Is the, what, what organization is the Atlantic Magazine the mouthpiece for? The Democratic Party? NATO. Oh. NATO. Okay. And if you look at the board of the Atlantic, you will find some of the most high-profile military people in the country. Because the Atlantic magazine is the mouthpiece for NATO. So now they're telling us, and you know what we told you what NATO do. Their job is to create the death environment to bring about the one world government. That's what they were set up for. Okay? So they say the image according to its caption in the article, was put together by the Atlantic with two stock images from Getty. An inquiry to the Atlantic by the Daily Dot also went unanswered. unanswered. Of course they're not going to answer you. Answer you for what? They say the allegations were further amplified by the conspiratorial blog, the Gateway Pundit, which sternly stated, quote, they want him gone, no matter the cost, unquote. Now, again, I don't care if you hate his guts a hundred times over. There have been people sitting right up there on MSNBC calling for the death of Orange Man on TV. That's a fact. You've had entertainments from Snoop Dogg to what's the Madonna. Madonna went to the White House and said she thought about burning it down. You say that and see where it gets you. Nobody has to make up any of this. Okay? These are facts. And to my knowledge, I have not heard one person, to my knowledge, call for the death of Joe Biden. And the only way I could rationalize that is to say perhaps they feel like I do that he's already dead. He's just a corpse. Okay? If you did, you know. The FBI will be at your door. Anybody, put it on X or Twitter and watch what happened to you. You see? And personally, I don't think anybody should be arrested by saying they wish somebody was dead or or whatever. Why? It's called free speech. If you ain't threatening me uh, in a meaningful way, don't give a damn what you say. Here's why. Here's, here's what they're going to say. 
Uh, and, of course, the Gateway Pundit says they want him gone no matter the cost. That's in quote. Then they say, quote, the globalist elite are in a panic, unquote. Quote, Trump is the greatest threat to their power over humanity in the civilized world. Something must be done, unquote. In reality, there's no evidence that the Atlantic chose the two stock images to cryptically threaten Trump. Trump supporters, uh, however, are totally convinced that the magazine and Soros are plotting to end Trump's life. Trump wasn't at Davos. But the people who carry his message, Malay, who when he was running for president of Argentina came out point blank and said uh, he's pretty much the Argentinian version of Trump. And he said he was throwing all that garbage that the government has put in place to socially engineer and devastate the Argentinian population. You can pull it up online. He drew X's through him saying he's removing all these fake organizations like the EPA, you know, or the equivalent to that. He's getting rid of all of it. Department of Education, he's getting rid of all of it. How you got a Department of Education and every year or every four years, your population getting dumber? They know what what end of a deal, though, to use, but they can't spell dog if you gave them three letters. So now, if you think that the Atlantic magazine, and I've told you what their background is, is putting that kind of picture in there cryptically with a bullet hole and $47 in a hand, if you think that that's not a cryptic message, you haven't been paying attention because, again, everybody from Tucker Carlson to it's at least a dozen people have done stories on Trump being assassinated recently, within the last couple of months. Because they can't do anything else with him. They can't beat him. They can use the courts to try to slander him, and that ain't working. None of that stuff is working. So Tucker Carlson did a big, a big show saying that and he asked Trump, as a matter of fact, and Trump never answered the question. He asked him, do you fear that these people are come at you with everything they got and they seem to have failed? Seems obvious that the next step in dealing with somebody like you uh, is to introduce you to heavy metal. Trump wouldn't answer him. That's how dangerous these people are. You come out with the meme, okay, that same meme, and they're coming to get you. Okay? Now, I, I, I'm kind of hesitant towards doing this next one 
But then again, I'm not. But then again, I am. <laughs> because it's because it's it's not exactly on the subject matter specifically, but it's illustrated in one of the things that Orange Man did shortly after he got in office was attempted to defund the World Health Organization. See, most people don't understand the moves that Orange Man was making because the media would basically slander any move that he made. And, of course, the administrative state would always go and dig up stuff and say that Orange Man said this and said that, and he never did. The media would just pick up on it and amplify it. We all see that now. We all know that now. But in the meantime, the courts has done everything in its power to render the things that Orange Man did obsolete, up to and including refunding the World Health Organization. And people think that he did that because he's on some kind of ego trip or something. Let me tell you something, family. Run away from those people as quickly as you can. I mean quick. If you can get you a sport with rockets attached to it, get you one of those. But get away from them people as quick as you can because your life may depend on it. Let me show you what I mean, family. Uh, this is from Tucker Carlson's channel. Uh, how long? How old? This is not that old. Yeah, about two weeks ago. When they were dropping bombs all over the place. He had a sit-down conversation with an Old Testament guy named Brett Weinstein. And they were talking about the World Health Organization's true agenda. Okay? We know it ain't about the health of the world because them the people that were trying to give us the venom. All right? So we know it ain't about health, but let's just hear what Brett Weinstein, I find it interesting, because, again, this dude, is one of those casters at the top of his craft. He knows from whence he speaks. And when you get people like this in positions of uh, where they can finally begin to uh, say things, you, you should listen. Anyway, check this out, Tucker Carlson with Brett Weinstein. So you're saying that an international health organization could just end the First Amendment in the United States? Yes, and in fact, um, as much as this sounds, I know that it sounds preposterous, but it does the, not sound preposterous. The ability to do it 
is currently under discussion at the international level. And it's almost impossible to exaggerate how troubling what is being discussed is. In fact, I think it is fair to say that we are in the middle of a coup, that we are actually facing the elimination of our national and our personal sovereignty, and that that is the purpose of what is being constructed, that it has been um, written in such a way that you are, your eyes are supposed to glaze over right, as you attempt to sort out what is, it, uh, what is under discussion. And if you do that, then come May of this year, your nation is almost certain to sign on to an agreement that in some utterly vaguely described future circumstance, a public health emergency, which the Director General of the World Health Organization has total liberty to define in any way that he sees fit. In other words, nothing prevents um, climate change from being declared a public health emergency that would trigger the provisions of these modifications. And in the case that some emergency or some uh, pretense of an emergency shows up, the provisions that would kick in are um, beyond jaw-dropping. So before you get into it, and I, I just want to thank you, by the way, for taking the time to go through this proposal, because you're absolutely right. It's, it's impenetrable. It's designed to be, to cloak what they're saying rather than eliminate it. Um, what's it called? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, actually, I was looking um, this morning to find out what the current name is, and the names have actually been shifted slightly. Clearly a feature. Oh, it's a shape-shifting. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. So. What I would do in order, uh, and, and I, I, it's unclear to me how much that's just simply designed to confuse somebody who tries to sort it out and how much that's designed to, for example, um, game the search engine technology that right. might allow you to track the changes because to the extent that the name has shifted. Um, so smart. I call it the um, World Health Organization Pandemic Preparedness Plan, right? And what is under discussion uh, are some modifications to the global public health regulations and modifications to an existing treaty. But all of this makes it sound minor and procedural. What has been proposed are, uh, and I, again, the number of things included here is incredible. It's hard even for those of us who have been focused on this to track all of the important things under discussion and to deduce the meaning of some of the more subtle provisions. But um, they, uh, the World Health Organization and its signatory nations will um, be allowed to define a public health emergency uh, on any basis that having declared one, they will be entitled to mandate remedies. The remedies that are named include um, vaccines, uh, gene therapy technology is literally named in uh, the set of things that the World Health Organization is going to reserve the right to mandate, um, that it will be in a position to um, require these things of citizens, that it will be in a position 
to uh, dictate our ability to travel, in other words, passports that would be predicated on one having accepted uh, these technologies are um, clearly being described. It would have the ability to forbid the use of other medications. So this looks like they're preparing for a rerun where they can just simply take ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine off, uh, the, off the table. Um, they also have reserved the ability to dictate how these uh, measures are discussed that censorship is described here as well, the right to dictate that, that, of course, misinformation is how they're going to describe it. Well, in fact, I want to ask you to pause and play a, a soundbite from Tedros, um, in which he alludes to this, and I want to get your assessment over here. We continue to see misinformation on social media and in mainstream media about the pandemic accord that countries are now negotiating. The claim that the accord will cede power to WHO is quite simply false. It's fake news. Countries will decide what the accord says and countries alone. And countries will implement the accord in line with their own national laws. No country will cede any sovereignty to WHO. If any politician, business person, or anyone at all is confused about what the pandemic accord is and isn't, we would be more than happy to discuss it and explain it. So he's going to be more than happy to discuss and explain the misinformation that you're <laughs> yeah, that is, <laughs> now spreading. That is comforting. Um, well, on the one hand, I must say I have not seen that, and um, it is tremendously good news, actually. What it means is that once again, we have managed to raise awareness of something in time that there is uh, conceivably a better outcome still available to us. So they're spooked enough to bother to lie about there's, it. There's, you couldn't have said it uh, more accurately, yes. Those were clearly lies. And of course, uh, his saying that into a camera is supposed to convince you, you know, nobody could possibly lie so directly. So there must be some truth in what he's saying, which is, of course, nonsense. And Anybody who goes back to uh, Matt Orfala's compendium of various things that people have said into cameras over the course of COVID that they then swear they didn't say, you know, months later, um, knows that these folks are very comfortable at saying totally false things into a camera. It doesn't cause them to, to think twice or sweat or anything. Um, but it's great that we have managed to raise enough awareness that Tedros is actually addressing uh, our spreading of what it actually is, is malinformation. Um, you're aware of this, uh, this extension? No. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. So I was, I was, I'm so old that I was still stuck in the truth or falsehood binary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, what mattered was whether it was true or not? No, no, no the uh, malinformation is actually exactly what you need to know about to see um, how antiquated that notion is because um, this is actually the Department of Homeland Security actually issued a memo um, in which it defined three kinds of, I kid you not, terrorism, mis, dis, and malinformation. Misinformation are errors. Uh, disinformation are intentional errors, lies. And malinformation are things that are based in truth but cause you to distrust authority. <laughs> <laughs> so malinformation is what you commit when you catch them lying. Yes. 
Um, exactly. Um, yeah, it is, it is discussing the lies of your, your government uh, is malinformation and therefore a kind of terrorism, which I should point out, as funny as that is and as obviously Orwellian as that is, it's also terrifying because if you have cracked the history of the spreading tyranny from the beginning of the war on terror, you know that terrorism is not a normal English word the way it once was. Terrorism is now a legal designation that causes all of your rights to evaporate. So at the point that the Department of Homeland Security says that you are guilty of a kind of terrorism for saying true things that cause you to distrust your government, they are also telling you something about what rights they have to silence you. They are not normal rights. So um, these things are all uh, terrifying. And I do think as much as my jaws open, <laughs> the, the COVID pandemic, caused us to become aware of a lot of structures that had been built around us. Something that um, former NSA officer William Binney once described as the turnkey totalitarian state. The totalitarian state is erected around you, but it's not activated. And then once it's built, the key gets turned. That's right. So we are now seeing, I believe, something that even outstrips William Binney's description because it's the turnkey totalitarian planet. Right? The World Health Organization is above the level of nations, and it is going to be in a position, if uh, these provisions pass, to dictate to nations how they are to treat their own citizens, to override their constitutions, despite what Tedros just told you. Um, so that is um, frightening. It's not inherently about health. What I think has happened is the fact of a possible pandemic causes a loophole in the mine. It's not a loophole in our governance documents. Our constitution doesn't describe you know, exemptions from your rights during time of a pandemic emergency. Your rights simply are what they are and they're not supposed to go anywhere um, just because there's a disease spreading. Um, but nonetheless, um, people's willingness to accept the erosion of their rights because of a public health emergency um, has allowed this tyranny to, to use it as a Trojan horse. Yes. And I think that's also, um, it's something people need to become aware of, that uh, there are a number of features of our environment that are um, basically, they are blind spots that we can't see past. Vaccine was one, and I know I was an, an enthusiast about vaccines. I still believe deeply in the elegance of vaccines as they should exist, but I'm now very alarmed at how they are produced, and I'm even more alarmed at what has been called a vaccine that doesn't meet the definition, right? That Because many of us believe that vaccines uh, were an extremely uh, elegant low harm, high uh, efficacy method of preventing disease, when they called this mRNA tech technology a vaccine, many of us um, gave it more credibility than we should have. If they had called it uh, a, a gene transfection technology, we would have thought, wait, what? Public health functions the same way. Um, if you think about it, public health, step back a second. Your relationship with your doctor, your personal health uh, ought to be very important to you. But there are ways in which things that happen at a population level affect your personal health and your doctor's not in a position to do anything about it. Right. So 
know, somebody dumping pollution into a stream from which you're pulling fish, you know, you might detect the harm at the population level. You might need a regulation at a population level in order to protect you. Your doctor's not in a position where you have pills to correct it. So the idea that public health is potentially a place to improve all of our well-being is real. But once you decide that there's something above doctors relative to your health, then that can be an excuse for all manner of tyranny. Public health has been um, adopted. It's like, uh, it's like the sheep's clothing that has allowed the wolf to go after our rights because in theory it's trying to protect us from harms that we would like to be protected. And it generates such fear it's at such a huge scale that it, it weakens people's moral immune systems. Absolutely. They will accept things they would never accept otherwise. Absolutely. And uh, as you know, and as, as I know, when we raised questions about what was being, uh, being delivered to us under the guise of public health, we were demonized as if we had a moral defect. It wasn't even a cognitive defect where we were failing to understand the wisdom of these vaccines. It was a moral defect where we were failing to protect others who were vulnerable by questioning these things. Um, so uh, the idea that health is at stake in some vague, larger sense that requires us to, to override the natural relationship between doctors and patients is itself a coup against medicine by something else. We are living some crazy story in which things that are perfectly obvious are um, still somehow have not lodged themselves in the official public record. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do with, frankly, the death of journalism. Yeah. A lot of us are doing jobs that we didn't train for. Heather and I are doing some journalistic job that we certainly didn't train for. We trained to think about biology and, you know, we do that in front of a camera and so that functions as a kind of stand-in for journalism, but the handful of journalists who still exist, um, I think without exception, are not scientifically trained, right? You know, Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald, you, we don't have very many people doing investigative journalism and the ones who, uh, who are doing it they don't have the skill set that would make this a natural topic to investigate. So we have to boot up some kind of new institution that will allow us to do this job well, and presumably that will involve taking the few investigative journalists uh, who remember how to do that job and the few scientists and doctors who are willing to still do their job and, you know, put us together, right? Podcast isn't the right place to do it. That's all we got. That's all we got. But um, there's got to be a better, a better method. So if this is ratified or signed on to by the United States in May, six months from now, um, it sounds like that's it. We don't know. Um, I will say I have very little hope that the U.S. will derail this. I have the sense that whatever has captured our government um, is driving this as well. And so, in, in effect, uh, the U.S. wants this change. It will, in fact, you know, in the same way that the Five Eyes nations agree to mutually violate the rights of each other's citizens because that was not prevented in any of our constitutions, I think the U.S. wants something to force it to violate our constitutional protections, and the World Health Organization is going to be that entity. That said, 
Uh, I have recently been to uh, the Czech Republic and I've been to Romania and I've uh, heard from other parts of the former Eastern Bloc that there is resistance, that people who have faced tyranny in living memory um, are much less ready to accept these changes and that they are actually beginning to, to mount a response. I worry that it will be too thin and easily defeated, especially if they do not understand that actually the world is depending on them, that the traditionally, the countries we traditionally think of as part of the West are compromised and that these countries which have more recently joined or rejoined the West are the best hope we've got, that they are in a position to derail um, this set of provisions and that we are depending on them to do it. So I, I just want to end for a few moments on your on the overview here. So you have all these remarkable things converging in a single 12-month period. You have war, pestilence, political unrest, <clears throat> apparently unsolvable political unrest. What do you think we're looking at in the West? Like, what is this moment, and how does it end? Well, um, so I have long been interested in questions of good governance and the West. And um, I'm sad to report that I think the West has actually collapsed. And what we are left with is now um, a nebulous. The values of the West still function, but they function um, in a vague way. And we have seen that they can evaporate quickly under the right circumstances. Um, I suspect, and I really don't know, I don't think anybody knows, um, but I suspect that some powerful set of forces has decided that um, consent of the governed is too dangerous to tolerate and that it has begun to unhook it. And we do not know how this works. We can see some of the partners who are involved in this, but I don't think we know ultimately who's driving it or where they're going. I think many of the notions that we picked up about uh, nations and who our friends are and who our enemies are, are uh, they're now more misleading than they are informative. In other words, uh, I don't think the US has an enemy called China. I think there are elements within the U.S. that are partnered within uh, with elements within the Chinese Communist Party for practical reasons, and so our you know the the notion that these uh, two parties are competing with each other just distracts us from what's actually taking place. But let's just put it this way: we have a large global population. Most people have no useful role through no fault of their own. They have not been given a, uh, an opportunity in life to find a useful way to contribute. And I wonder if the rent-seeking elites that have hoarded so much power uh, are not unhooking our rights because effectively they're afraid of some 
global French Revolution moment as people realize that they've been betrayed and uh, left without good options. Is that what we're seeing? Certainly feels like we're facing um, an end game where important uh, properties that would once have been preserved by all parties because they might need them one day are now being dispensed with and we're being, um, you know, we're watching our governmental structures and every one of our institutions captured, hollowed out, turned into a, a paradoxical inversion of what it was designed to do. That's not an accident. Whether they, you know, the, the thing that worries me most actually is that whatever is driving this is not composed of diabolical geniuses who at least have some plan for the future, but it's being driven by people who actually do not know what kind of hell they are inviting. Yes. They're going to create a kind of chaos from which uh, humanity may well not emerge. And I get the sense that um, unless they have some remarkable plan that is not obvious, that they are just simply drunk with power and putting everyone, including themselves, in tremendous jeopardy by taking apart the structures on which we depend. How do you see, my last question, how do you see your, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking in, in grand terms that three years ago I, I might have laughed at. I'm not laughing at all, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, but you're also choosing as, you know, a 50-ish man, your old man, to say this stuff out loud and to pursue the truth as you find it and then to talk about it. Like, so how do you, why did you decide to do that? And how do you think that ends? Well, you know, we are all the products of whatever developmental environment produced us. And as I've said on multiple topics where my family has found itself in very uncomfortable and sometimes dangerous circumstances um, because we speak out, I don't think I had a choice. I just, I, I literally cannot understand how I would sleep at night, how I would look at myself in the mirror if I didn't say what needed to be said. And, you know, I, um, I heard a, a very good speech by Bobby Kennedy Jr. He, though neither of us are libertarians, he was at the uh, Liberty Conference in, in Memphis. And the last thing he said in that speech um, struck me to my core. It's something I've thought often and said almost never. But there are fates far worse than death. And I think for my part, I have, I have lived an incredible life. I have, I, there's plenty I still want to do and I am not eager to leave this planet any earlier than I have to. I have a marvelous family. I live in a wonderful place and I've got lots of things bucket list, but I got lots of things on my bucket list. However, humanity is depending on everybody who has a position from which to see what is taking place, to grapple with what it might mean, to describe it so that the public understands where their interests are. It is depending on us to do what needs to be done if we're to have a chance of delivering a planet to our children and our grandchildren that is worthy of them, if we're going to deliver a system that allows them to live 
meaningful, healthy lives, we have to speak up. And I don't know. I don't know how to get people to do that. I'm very hesitant to urge others to put themselves or their families in danger. And I know that everybody's circumstances are different. Some people are struggling just simply to feed a family and keep a roof over their heads. Those people obviously have a great deal less liberty uh, with respect to, to standing up and saying what needs to be said. But this is really, it's what we call in game theory, a collective action problem. If everybody responds to their personal well-being, if everybody says it's too dangerous to stand up, um, you know, I'm not suicidal, I'm, I, I can't do it, then not enough people stand up to change the course of history. Whereas if people somehow put aside the obvious danger to their ability to earn and maybe to their lives of saying what needs to be said, then we greatly outnumber those we are pitted against. They are ferociously powerful, but I would also point out this interesting error. So I call the force that we're up against Goliath, just so I I remember what the battle is. Goliath made a terrible mistake, and it made it most egregiously during COVID, which is it took all of the competent people, took all of the courageous people, and it shoved them out of the institutions where they were hanging on. And it created, in so doing, the dream team, created every player you could possibly want on your team to fight some historic battle against a terrible evil. All of those people are now at least somewhat awake. They've now been picked on by the same enemy. And yeah, all right, we're outgunned. It has a tremendous amount of power, but but we've got all of the people who know how to think. So I hate to say it, or maybe I like to say it, but I don't think it's a slam dunk, but I like our odds. He's telling you and us that we're in big trouble here. See? Turn your television or whatever uh, means of communication you have for the rest of this week. This was two weeks ago. And ask yourselves, how many times have you heard about an attempt by the World Health Organization to gain the kind of power? (coughs) And the only way that they could do that is through the Congress passing the laws. Okay? Why is it that you know very little, if anything, and I know the Truth to Power family are aware of this. But ask yourselves, how many other people are aware that the World Health Organization is seeking to gain control of this country through the use of fake pandemic, because that's what COVID-19 was, a fake pandemic. And some of you didn't know it before, but damn if you don't know it now, because they're asking for absorption 
absolution. Uh, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to do to you and the millions of you that we killed, we didn't really mean to do it. They're asking you to forgive them and go back to an earlier article last year in the Atlantic Magazine. I think it was the Atlantic or Vanity Fair, one of the two, where they literally said, uh, we're sorry. Can you forgive us for saying we want to put your children in concentration camps away from you if you don't take the venom? Where this corpse was literally hollering and screaming at people and taking their jobs, all of which today they deny. They literally deny it that they were doing these things. Even if you show them the video where they said these things and they advocated these things, they will deny that they said them. Okay? That's the climate that we exist in today where they can label everything you say as terrorism. That's misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation. That's all terrorism. Bottom line, they want to end speech using the World Health Organization to do it. And if that doesn't work, they've got other measures that they're attempting to push as we speak through the European Union. That's one mechanism where they will then filter that through the United Nations and then to Congress with some nice-sounding name like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Well, who can be against uh, reducing inflation? The problem is, once you get past the flowery name, it does the exact opposite. Family. And I know we didn't get to none of the information. I still got it here, family. Sitting right here in front of me all over the place. We are not done by a long shot. Bottom line. Black women who have allowed themselves to be put in these positions of state authority where they really don't have any. Okay? Have to be given the opportunity of redemption. I've never changed that. I've always said everybody should have the opportunity for redemption. But you should be humble enough to come before the people and admit that you are wrong. Okay? But that must take place. You must be humble enough to say that you are wrong and not try to kill everybody that point out that you were wrong because that's where we are now. Okay? And simply because you ain't heard about it, don't mean that it don't exist. These people are behind the scenes working feverishly because they understand that this is 2024 and they are running out of time. So they are the true masters 
black women, you know who I'm talking to. I'm not talking about all black women. But those of you who actively serve this thing, okay, the people behind you are very clear that what we're really looking at here is the metaphysical finality of black feminine infinity. And with that, Sister Bear, I know the family got some things they probably want to say based on some of the videos. Oh, this this guy, he does uh, later on in another interview. I probably should have played that one. It was a little shorter. But he also goes on to talk about the fact that these people are dyed in the wool eugenicists. That's what we up against. And that's what black people, these black women, are really pushing. I'm going to give you one prediction where some black women are involved. You you remember this group of, of black women called the Squad, led by the, uh, uh, yeah. the fake Jewish Hispanic Ocasio-Cortez, the so-called Squad? Yeah. Right. Well, the people behind the scenes that put them up are now getting ready to take them down. Mm -hmm. Because they, too, were out there advocating for the Palestinians, and that's a no-no. So you watch, family. This next election cycle, we come back at the beginning of 2024, and look at what uh, Robert X in the research said, that the squad is getting ready to take a hike because the real system of white supremacy is fed up with them. You can take it to the bank, family. Go ahead, Sister Bear. All right, and I want to... uh... We are off uh, the internet, but the people that are still listening, please uh, send Dr. Robert X a donation. His GoFundMe uh, is on the Tooth to Power page, and I'm getting ready to go to the lines here. Let's see who's open. All right, seven seven three four three zero. Do you have a question or comment? All right. Let's go to... Early tonight? Mm -hmm. No, they there. 708-837. Is your mute on? Okay. Well... Let me see. Um, 773-447. Hotep, y'all. Beverly, Rob. <laughs> Listen, I saw a piece today since you were talking about some of these uh, these actor entertainers, et cetera. I saw a piece today that I thought was kind of interesting. Marlon Wayman who clearly doesn't know the difference between comedy and buffoonery. 
he thinks he's a comedian, while there are those of us who think he's a buffoon, along with the rest of his brothers, uh, was crying the blues about Cat Williams coming out the bag on them and uh, spilling the beans. And he he was talking about, you know, because black, black folk, or many of us, we don't like black men wearing dresses. As you know, Dave Chappelle came out and busted that. And he went on to try to justify it by talking about white men who have played roles with uh, of women with dresses on. He clearly doesn't understand the dynamic that white men with dresses on are still white men. Uh, they still the master. And black men with dresses on, uh, they still the slave. And slaves ain't got no business wearing dresses unless they're female. He, he clearly uh, doesn't get that. So he goes on to say that, and th- this is the original for me, uh, black people are their own worst enemies. I've heard people say that a thousand times, but I've never heard them say how we manage to be our own worst enemies. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear how that works. You won't hear it. What you? I, I know because there, there's no explanation because it's foolishness. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Where black people who say those kind of things, either one, don't know who the enemy is because if they were, if they did, they wouldn't say that. Or two, they know who the enemy is, but that's why they wear the dress, because they don't have the balls to tell you who the enemy really is. You can count the number of black people, particularly today. And that's why I have such esteem for somebody like Kanye, who may not have the intellectual prowess, but he has enough common sense, and more importantly, he has balls enough to put an identity on the enemy. Uh, well, no question, no question, because clearly uh, we don't get many uh, people uh, in that position who take those kind of positions. I mean, we have, basically we have people, like you say, they have no balls. Steve Harvey is a cool uh, the entertainer is a coon, and we could go on and on. We do, we know they all of them are coon, and we know that Steve Harvey was extremely jealous of Bernie Mac for yeah. a good reason. For a good reason, Rob, because Bernie Mac could look at you and make you laugh. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Steve <laughs> yeah. Harvey's ass. Right, I'm still waiting for Steve Harvey's ass to make me laugh doing anything, looking, moving, talking, anything. He he ain't he's not, he's he's one of the uh, most true. Uh, I'm trying to think how this. He looked like a walrus. He's not a debonair brother at all. He's another one of those. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, no. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. He's another one of those guys who was never funny. This is just my opinion. He hasn't been funny since the day he came on the scene as far as I'm concerned. Again, this is just my opinion because comedy is all subjective. But it's obvious, okay, it's obvious that people like him don't hold a candle. 
there was one little character on that In Living Color series. Because, you know, they took the little white boy who was the stupidest. I won't say he was the funniest because I ain't watched enough episodes to know, okay? I've oh, watched talk about the last few years. But Jim Carrey, they took Jim Carrey off of that series and made him to a superstar. No question. When the funniest guy, there were two of them. The funniest two guys, one of them, I don't know what happened to him. I can't remember his name. He's a little, J- J- not Jamie, oh. Tommy Davidson. Yeah. Funny, funny as hell. Long before in living color, and even after, right? You can't find him today. And the other one was Jamie Foxx. Okay. Right? Who on living color wore a dress? That are uh, both of them. But the point is, yeah, the people that were really funny on that show, they didn't get the career boost that they gave Jim Carrey. They picked around an all-black cast to pump up Jim Carrey and make him a so-called icon. When I couldn't stand him, then, can't stand him now. But this is what they do. Yeah, you know, Rob, we talk about the casting couch, and we say that the more we see you on the big screen, the more you've been on the casting couch. And I've always wondered, and and I don't have any, you know, any evidence or anything of that nature, but what do you think about Denzel? I think very little about Denzel. I've always thought very little about Denzel, but I view him like I view Queen Latifah. Is Queen Latifah gay? Yes, no doubt about it. Does she keep her business to herself? Yes, yes. no doubt yes. about it. So as long yeah, as you keep up- Denzel, yeah, uh, he keeps it to himself. To himself, yeah. So I ain't got no problem with anything that these people do. It's when they go overboard advocating for what I know to be my enemy. And they act as if he is not, in spite of all the evidence. And that's why, again, the stuff that's being done by Old Testament today, for anybody that disagrees with them, they censor your ass into oblivion. They cut off your bank account. Who's doing that? Who's doing this? Who is it that's trying to take away from the people? They're the only ones in a position to do so then we know that's doing it. So why is it that these people can't say anything about it? You see? You can't yeah, miss. I guess. You cannot miss what we, just happened to the World Economic Forum with an organization like the Heritage Foundation. I don't care whether you hate the heritage organization's guts. What they said was absolutely right on the money. And nobody's arguing it. That's guts. And they and and they dare not. 
And finally, in closing, Rob, because mm-hmm. you don't hear this on mainstream at all, but you may have heard maybe a month ago, I think, or so, the, the Is It Really said they were pulling their soldiers out to rest them for the big battle ahead. I don't know if you heard that or not. No, I didn't. But, of course, okay, well, they, yeah, they said they were pulling some of their troops out to rest them for the big battle ahead. With both of us having served, we know that no such goddamn thing exists. Don't as exist. Pulling your troops out for the big battle ahead. You, that's just something. What what's going on there is that Hamas is kicking the shit out the IDF. You know they had to evacuate seventy thousand Israeli citizens out of northern Israel that border with Lebanon. Were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. They had to evacuate 70,000 of them because up there, the Hezbollah was stomping Israel in their ass. Israel is getting beat to death. Them soldiers that they sent into Gaza, they yeah. are wearing their ass out because they are not prepared for that back. You know they bombed every damn thing, so there's rubble and shit everywhere, right? Yep. That is perfect cover for urban warfare. Correct. And the, and the soldiers that they sent in there, those were all conscripts. You know, they called him out of, they was doing banking jobs and chasing women, getting high and driving buses. They weren't ready to run up in there with no 70 pounds on their back trying to chase these dudes in tunnels. They just reported that 80% of the people that were killed on October the 6th were killed by the IDF. Yeah, they didn't deny that. They didn't because they're not denying it now. Oh, they didn't deny it before, Mike, because I'm sitting there listening to them. That they have a policy. I'm not talking about on the day or a couple of days after it happened. I'm talking about within a week or two, they were forced to admit that it was them that killed many of the hostages because that's their policy. They have a policy of yeah, not the Han- go- Hannibal Project. It's yes. called Hannibal Project. Yes. That's correct. So they had mm-hmm. to admit that they were the ones that killed most of the hostages. And, of course, right convenient for them to blame the Palestinians. But look, that's not unlike, and and this is where you see the merger of that incorrect behavior on the part of them in the training of the police here. Because if one policeman Mm -hmm. kill another policeman in the service of trying to get you, they charge you with the murder of the policeman that the policeman killed. And you know where it Right. And most of us don't know here that police here are sent over there for training. Of course. That's yeah, the but whole... most of us are unaware of that. Because we haven't been told that we are Palestinian. Yeah, just another word for you know who. Okay, That's I'm going to let somebody else on. Excellent comments, brother. Hotel, better love. Hotel, better love. Okay, I don't. Um, 
you might be able to go in early tonight, Dr. Uh, X, because uh, nobody else is answering their phone here. Let me see. 708-837. Okay. I got some stuff to well, do in the morning. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to tomorrow to, to hear the rest of it. Yeah, I, I can smell tarot there. Oh, here, wait a minute. Here goes Tugmo. Tugmo? Excuse me, what's going on? Hotel Chuck. Better love. So, um, I don't, excuse me, I don't think this, um, this election tonight was as close as they making it look. What was it? <clears throat> it was like, um, 54 to, to 46, something like that. Um, it was it was like he won 50-some and she won 40-some, so it looked like it's real close, like she has a chance. And then um, that's kind of how they wanted it. She played it like it was a victory for her to get this close. And this is showing that, you know, her voice is being heard and all that stuff, but I think it was much bigger, but they had a bunch of Democrats vote in the Republican primary. Yes. So, so they did. They voted for her to vote him off. They, they, it wasn't hidden. They said that's what they were going to do. That's the arrogance of the Democratic Party. So nobody should be shocked. But the mere fact that he would get 54% in a Republican primary, uh, how much did he get with the other candidates in there in Iowa during the, the caucus? 51%? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, those numbers are going to be consistent across the board, and it doesn't matter how much support she gets. She'll never cross. She won't win a primary, not one. And the people are already aware that her donors, which is the important thing, are Koch brothers and these Democratic uh, financiers who are basically the ones who are keeping her campaign afloat, all right, in the hopes that they can hit a speed bump somewhere along the way and, and throw Trump out of the driver's seat. That's what this is all about with her. But she has a snowball's chance in hell of beating anybody for anything. So I'm at work today. So it's this brother. And he's like um strictly by the news type of dude. So you trying to argue some and he's arguing the news. So, you know, it's kind of difficult to have arguments with this guy. Because he don't, he ain't listening to nothing you say because it wasn't on the news, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I was telling him that you know they're not going. Hopefully they can't steal this election. And he's like, oh, that election wasn't stolen. This, that, and the other. So I'm like, come on, bro. So I'm explaining to him that these mail-in ballots, right? And he's always always having these mail-in ballots. Like, now nah, we usually just have absentee ballots. Correct. But that's different. 
to say how that works is I requested that is correct. Look up my information to prove I am who I am, and then they send it to the address I tell them to send it to. I said, not something that just came in the mail in my name that I didn't ask for that anyone can grab, fill out, and mail. <clears throat> and I was explaining that if you go if you got it today, if you had it, filled it out the day of the election and mailed it in and then went and voted that same day, you voted twice. So Pretty he's much. up and down. That's not how it works. They check each person's um, citizenry through the State Department. I'm like, at the damn gymnasiums? Like, come on, bro. Let's be some chicks making a few dollars to stand there and, you know, this ain't no super operation. So, man, he we argue, so he bet. I said, all right, man. So all I did was I went downstairs, and I came back, and um, when, while I was downstairs, I, I heard that they fired the, the coach from the Bucks, right? Um, oh, is that right? From Milwaukee. Huh? Is that right? You had to fire the brother, even though the team's in second place. You know, this is his first year coaching, and they don't fire him a day. And they hiring Doc Rivers. Oh, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I know, I know. Even though I'm sounding like Doc Rivers right now, but um, yeah, man. Um, either way, I come back. So when I get back to tell him what happened, I walk over to his desk. He's like, "Man, I got cash out for you, a hundred dollars, bro. You won the bet, man. I just looked it up. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I told you." You know, he said, I thought this system was much more together. Like, nah, this is primitive, bro. And I said, and the reason it's primitive is because anytime they try to update it, they use black people to come and say it's racist. That is correct. We still, we still trying to vote. We still acting like we can't vote. All he had you to know, do like, was look at the election commission results for Wisconsin. That's all he had to put in the computer. He looked up something. He came and paid me. But I wasn't even expecting it. Man. But I said, all right, well, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> but well, yeah, man, um, it, you know, he can make a lot more than me. You know, it ain't hurting him at all. But um, I just like to... Huh? <laughs> That's probably why he don't know nothing. Because he's completely yeah. focused on his bank account and nothing else. Now this dude is a very a very bright brother. But um he's he's stuck on what the establishment wants. You know what I'm saying? He can't see past that. Well that's the definition. Like, it's like talking to my mother, you know what I'm saying? If you look up under stupid in the dictionary, I bet you look at it. And anybody else that think like that. Yeah, I don't like calling them stupid. They just don't know better, you know what I'm saying? Because he don't know better. I be trying to school, and he's learning some stuff, but it's like 20, pulling teeth, man. Huh? This is 24. They just lied through their teeth about 
fake virus, fake vaccines, how anybody, anybody can take these people's words, they value, that's stupidity, brother. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. And um, something's not right about this weather, man. It's it's like um, it's like they turned on, like they turned on the air conditioner or something, but then they tell us we're about to have a sixty degree day, like in New York in February. Who has a a sixty degree day? So something's not right, man. Because you don't go from zero below and ice forming in places that never get. Never get cold, you know what I'm saying, to all of a sudden it's fifty and sixty degree degree day week. You know, it's just it's almost like we're going backwards, you know. Uh we haven't had had very little snow in Chicago. Okay? And for January and February this is our snow time. But we still have very little snow so far this winter. Okay, and I, I like you touched. I think I alluded to it early in the program with Bear. I said this is this weather they sending around the country. I wonder what's yeah. behind it. Maybe some of them Bill Gates mosquitoes that's gonna come right behind it. <clears throat> yeah, but you know they got the the weather climate people meeting, trying to convince the world the climate change. Now I was talking to my man in Florida. This dude's in Miami, mm-hmm. and he was saying that his um the part of town he grew up in, which is all black, that they they claimed it under a climate tax. He says so the average person that lives in this area can't afford the taxes anymore because of the climate. So the, wow. he said, as you go further to the water, due to climate change, the water has risen, and a lot of those areas are becoming unlivable, and those were all white areas. So now they're moving a little bit further in, and they're taking over the areas that were historically black. Because they're on the like flood. How, huh? Because they're on the floodplain now. The yeah, yeah, they're they're higher up, and as the water keeps rising every year, they, they'll they'll have some time. They're buying themselves time, you know what I'm saying? Um, so they they got a bunch of um high rises and stuff they're building in this area, five star restaurants and hotels. And he said like it's just like you know, they just came and grabbed it, and if you can't afford the taxes, you're out of luck, you know. I said, damn, man, I, I ain't never heard it like um, they call it climate gentrification. I said, wow. I ain't never heard of nothing like that, but damn, you know, <laughs> climate gentrification. And I'm like, climate change ain't even that. I mean, uh, the water may be rising, but it's because of what they're doing that that's causing it, you know. It ain't, it's not because of what's happening. Right. They're doing something. Right, no, but I'm I'm eat myself, y'all. Catch you tomorrow, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Excellent comments, Hotel. And Sister Bear. Thank you. Yes. Thank do you. Do you remember? Uh huh. Do you remember uh, 
A few years ago, people were running around the country in black communities, and uh, all of the black politicians, it was obvious that they were working off of some script that was given to them by their bosses. All over the black communities around the country, they were attempting to label crime as a public health concern. Mm-hmm. All of the shootings were being labeled a public health epidemic. They specifically used those terms. And we knew that the reason, and we said as much, that the reason that they were doing that was because under the guise of an epidemic, right, they said gun violence is a public health epidemic that they were going to attempt to use the World Health Organization and the labeling of crime as a public health epidemic to vaccinate the people. And the vaccination was gun confiscation. That's why they were labeling crime in the black community as a public health epidemic. So the way in which people were looking for them to take the guns could not pass constitutional muster. So they went the other route because we know that the UN has been one of the uh, uh, institutions that they want to use to disarm the people in this country using UN troops. Okay? So we that that's what they were using, or one of the things they were going to use the World Health Organization for. And we saw them do it in Canada when the truckers had their strike. If they can label you, they they were doing it, trying to do the same thing to the veterans. They wanted to give many of the veterans who are fluent in the use of weapons of all kinds They knew that was going to be who they had to fight against. So they were attempting to give veterans false psychiatric determinations so that they could disarm them. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's to the VA, all you vets, you brothers out there, and you sisters that are veterans, you know what I'm talking about. They want to get you in the psychiatrist's office to get you some psychiatric designation where they can label you a threat to yourself and the general population and disarm you. They have a number of ways in which they were trying to do this. But the crazy thing was that you would think guns and public health have nothing to do with each other, but they were going to shoehorn them together to push their agenda. They're not done by any stretch of the imagination. They are not done. And they were doing the uh, people like that who was challenging the, the court system and uh, different systems with the Constitution when they would yes. come in the court there and they was uh, making them go see a psychiatrist. The judge was telling, making them go see a psychiatrist saying that they was crazy just because they're coming in with the Constitution. That is correct. 
and that's the very foundation of the institution and come out the courts that give them their yeah. legitimacy. doesn't bother them because they have an agenda that they eventually want to neutralize the Constitution to begin with. As we said before, Bear, that's why they're attacking the Republicans that are uh, uh, Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. But then what happened was people started looking at what the Democrats' Supreme Court justices were doing, and they was ten times more criminally oriented in terms of taking trips, writing fake books where they get $10 million for a book that only sell 10 copies, right? I mean, they've yeah. been doing, and we uh, this is what we were alluding to earlier. They've been doing this stuff over and over. Uh, Hunter Biden getting a half a million dollars for a painting. <laughs> and not only can he not paint, he can't hardly write his name. <laughs> much of nothing, because dude walking into the White House with a baggie full of cocaine, right, he takes his laptop up to, to the uh, park to get it repaired and leaves it up there, and when the guy tried to give it back to him, he don't even respond. So the guy does what the agreement says he has the capability of doing. But before he does it, and that is to sell it to somebody, because that's what pawn shops do. If you don't come get your merchandise, it's in the fine print. He knows that. But the only reason that he didn't come and get that laptop was because he's too blown out of his mind. That's why he take cocaine to the White House. That's why when the FBI just recently checked one of his handbags, guess what they find on the handbag there? Cocaine. Absolutely. They saw white powder on his bag, checked the bag, and found out that the white powder is cocaine. Yeah, that's a dope thing for you. Of course. But they don't know where the cocaine came from in the White House. Mm -hmm. They don't know who planted the pipe bomb next to Kamala Harris' vice presidential residence in D.C. But they got the dude that dropped the bomb on videotape and even waving to police like they know him all the time. A lot of rabbles, Bear. Yeah. This is this is back to them split ends, you sisters. <laughs> you know, $150 on your hair, and when they give you the mirror to take a look, you see all them split ends all over the place. What you going to do about it? Now, if you tell me you ain't going to raise hell, you lying to yourself. You ain't got to lie to me. <laughs> but I know you're going to raise hell. Well, the same thing applies here. These people, they stuff all these phony cases as raggedy as hell. Okay? And everybody see it. But they have to keep up the facade because they have nothing else. Once you begin to tell lies, 
to push your agenda, it's damn near impossible for you to now become a truth teller because you've been busted in so many lies. And that's the dilemma that the World Health Organization, the mainstream media, the Democratic Party, and three-fourths of the Republican Party, that's the problem that they got to deal with. And everybody looking at them, everybody looking at them. Foes, Bear. Uh, yeah, that's what's going on. It's all being exposed. I don't see no real good way of them getting out of this without doing what they do best. And that is go to death. When all else fails, let's kill some of them and uh, use that. That's what they do. I'm done. Well, they've been they've been trying to kill them all the time. Trying to kill who? The Trump. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about uh, Trump as much as they're going to do some some mass murder event. You know, like nine eleven or Oklahoma. Okay. Right. Or wait, they're going to do some some event that they can use because mm-hmm. they need to deflect attention away from all of the stuff that they busted in. Do you know that the little white girl, the crazy, now this is a classic example, Bear. Mm-hmm. That little white girl York that said Trump rapes her, right? <laughs> and the, the judge said they found no evidence of rape but they're going to give her some money anyway for defamation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Trump came out and said, no evidence, no nothing. Now she's changed her story a half a dozen times and admitted that she lied under oath. She even said that there was a dress, you know, kind of like the Monica Lewinsky dress. Right. And now she says, she wore the dress at some a photo shoot that she had. Mm-hmm. So she can't produce the dress that she said that she could produce to show Trump's DNA on the dress. Mm-hmm. But now no she evidence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now she don't have the dress. She admitted that she was not factual, but the judge said, okay, no problem. In a defamation case. Okay. Um. Now, I'll tell you, Bev, if we got a couple of minutes left. I'll tell yeah, you what huh? they remember. You remember the little white girl that testified before the January 6th committee that Trump was in the limousine with the Secret Service and he reached over and tried to grab the wheel? Uh-huh. It's obvious that this woman is an intelligence asset. Right. Because she's been in the media since then. She was their girl. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On all the Democratic Party news uh, sites. Well, now we find out 
that she really lied on the stand on a number of occasions at the January 6th hearing. But what she did was they got this little thing where you can, uh, through your attorney, go back and amend your testimony. Where she subsequently amended her testimony where most of what she accused Orange Man of was an out-and-out lie. But they got the amendment like amending the Constitution, right? Mm -hmm. The amendment that they can now pin to the testimony, but the Democrats still use the testimony and act like the amendment where she admitted that what she was really saying was lies. Okay? Look, mm-hmm. I can't stress to the family how dangerous these people are. Because I guarantee you most people had no idea that that kind of thing could be done. Because remember, when Roger Stone couldn't remember a minor little detail like a date or something like that. It wasn't anything of any importance because the whole thing, the the Trump-Russia thing was a lie to begin with. But you might recall they tried to lock that dude up. But not all the dates in a line. Okay? Uh, No amendment for him. That other dude that was in business with uh, 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 John Podesta's brother, right, they sent him to prison for a couple of years during the Trump administration. I still can't remember his name. But no jail time for old pedophile Tony Podesta that's got little children, bondage, pictures, and and pedophile stuff all over his house, and he calls it art. No jail time for him. Man, the last thing you want to do, unless you're a Democrat, is get caught up in this criminal justice system the way it is comprised today. That's the last thing you want to do. But what is also... It's also it's expo it's also exposing uh the criminal the the judges and the and they they're being exposed. And Ben, that's extremely important because I know you can probably remember years ago, I guess this has been over ten years now, when we were trying to inform the family about how dangerous the so called criminal justice system really is. And that it basically, it's because of the domain of the judges. Mm-hmm. With that way before any of this stuff come up. And how the judges and the prosecutors and the police are all parts of the same triangle. So it doesn't matter if you committed a crime or not. Uh, if they want to prosecute you and the police say you did it, the judge doesn't question the veracity of the police. Mm-mm. They're all on the same team. Yeah. Okay. Now, people can see it. 
couldn't see it before. Oh, this is a black robe. So you know he's telling the truth because he got a black robe on. Hmm. (laughs) People who wear black, they usually wear them at the funeral. They dead. They represent death. Dead. Or some kind of ritual. Yeah. And that's what it is. Absolutely. And you have to call these people on their oath because they all made an oath up to the Constitution. That is correct. But look and at what they're doing. You got to call them on. Mm-hmm. They charge people with crimes. They have you come to court where you have no jury, and the judge and the prosecutors have collaborated to find you guilty automatically. And now you have to prove yourself innocent, which is impossible because you ain't got no jury. So you ain't in their house. And the judge has already found you guilty. Mm -hmm. It's insane. That's how come they don't like arbitration. Because when you're dealing with arbitration, you're not dealing with no judges. Yes. And just think about it, Bill. You've been sentenced to a prison sentence of 15 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Evidence that they use against you has now proven to be faulty because now you have other evidence that comes in that's called exculpatory. Evidence totally obliterates the evidence that was used to give you 15 years. But you can't get the exculpatory evidence because the government, and this is what many prosecutors and a number of black people had their trials overturned right here in Chicago because the system was so damn corrupt with the judges and the police and the prosecutors that they wouldn't give the evidence over to the defense, which is what they're supposed to do. So people end up doing 15, 20 years in prison for crimes that they didn't commit because the police, the judges, and the prosecutors were all eating porridge in the same cage. Then they also didn't realize that it's all about the money because the court system is a banking system. And you're dealing with bonds. And so they was making money off of everybody that they lock up. They didn't care if they was innocent or they were guilty or not guilty. They they was looking at cashing in their bonds. That's right. And like any flim-flam man, the middle man, he going to always get his 10%. Yeah. No matter uh, who the lender is and who the borrower is, that damn middle man going to get his, even if you ain't trying to borrow nothing. Yeah. They call it court call. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> I thought the state and the county and the federal government was in charge of paying for the court system. In other words, your tax dollars. Why do I then have to get of my bond to the court system? Where is that 10% going? And is that why you got to maintain a certain number of cases in the court system? Who's getting all this money? One thing you won't find, Sister Baby family, Mm-hmm. Every single day, five days a week, is empty courts. Everybody that go in them courts down there is gonna pay something. It's a scam. Yeah, that's so corrupt. It's a scam, and then they they cashing in on bonds that you don't even know behind the scene bonds that they cashing in on that the public don't even know about until you research and find them. And that's why the people with the money is not universal, but overwhelmingly they get off because they're willing to pay behind the scenes. Yeah. It's been going on for as long as I can remember. And ain't none of these white people in this country can tell me that they didn't know that this was going on. See? I just have to be matter-of-factly. The reason that this country is in the position that it's in is not because of black people. Mm -hmm. The white people, because they think that the system ain't rigged until now it's being rigged against them, and now they see it too. Well, that's what time it is. Yep. We are in the time of Aquarius. Have your birthday come up yet, Dr. X? Uh, Sunday, yes. It was past Sunday? Yes, the 21st. Oh, well, happy birthday. Happy Earth Day. Happy Born Day. Yes. And may you have many, many more. Yeah, I had 69 of them before that one. Okay, Dr. X. It was enjoyable, man, because uh, I was just here to see another one, and uh, I got most of my health back, so. Good. Excellent. Well, we look we look forward to uh, you continuing to bring us uh, the real news, giving us the insight. So we turned on the light. We see what's going on. We're not walking around in the dark. And we appreciate you for that. All right. Better love. Hotel. Hotel family. Better love. Hotel. Imagine what you want But get out of the way Remember energy follows thought 
So be careful what you say Be careful what you ask for Make sure it's really what you want Because your mind is made for thinking And energy follows thought Your mind is in control Even when you do not know And if you let it idle Ain't no telling where it'll go Whenever you are sleeping And your dreams take you away Go on with your dreaming And listen to what they say you hear spirits talking, their wisdom can't be bought, apply it to your thinking, and energy follows thought. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.